All right. We'd like to welcome you out to another edition of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross, and with me today is... Chris Johnson. John. And Flynn. And Flynn. Glad you're here, Flynn. Oh, glad and, to be here. And John, it's nice to finally get you here in, in, in the studio with us so often you're doing this remotely. and I'm in, I'm in demand. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, you are. All right. Before we get going with the podcast today, I just want to talk about this month's book club. Uh, this month, we're reading Five Years of Freedom by Colonel James Nick Rowe. It's about his experience as being a POW for five years in Vietnam. And then Nick Rowe, he's the one who stood up the modern uh, SEER school that we use in, I guess now it's every, not just the Army, not just our experience, but, but everybody in DOD. Yeah, it's, it's the, uh, the high-risk uh, SEER school. It's one of the base. To say it's a base course is deceiving since uh, it is a very advanced course. There are just more specified courses other than that. Um, but I will tell everyone, whether you have an interest in any of this, this book is great for your friends and family. It is uh, an individual's personal experience with surviving a very, very difficult and trying experience and how he dealt with those situations. It's a very quick read. I know that uh, in my family, my 16-year-old daughter, she turned to me and said, can I read that? And yes, yes, not only can you, but you should read that book. Um, everyone's going to benefit from from this. We can all learn from his experiences. So we don't have a date yet set when we're going to be reviewing that, but it will be sometime at the end of the month. For our 306090, uh, at the end of this month, June 26th, it's a Friday evening, It's we have our four women, uh, EDC or Everyday Carry. So that will be discussing all sorts of things of what to carry, how to carry, what not to carry, not just firearms, but other things as well. And that will be led by Abby. For 60, are, we have... The July 31st Land Nav and GPS seminars, they're going to be held at F3. I love going down to F3. we got great people down there. This is the, the intro to land navigation. This is a classroom environment where we go over the tools and techniques that you'll utilize to find out where you're at. And then because we're already down there in F3, we're going to throw in, uh, after that, we'll have the, another seminar, which will be on the GPS specifically. As you'll learn in the land navigation seminar, the GPS is just a tool. Uh, it is a prevalent tool. It's you, We use it all the time. So in that uh, GPS class, not only do we go over your basic Garmin, but we go over how GPS works and all the different systems that are out there. There's not just GPS, there's GLONARS and other countries have their own systems and they have pluses and minuses. So when you're shopping for your GPS and you're buying something and it says it, you know, it's multi-band and it can use different uh, GPS, GLONARS, IndianSat, um, those mean different things. And we're going to discuss what that is so you have more information when you're purchasing those expensive items. For our 90, August 19th and 20th, it's our pistol vehicle combatives class. So this is our level three, one of our level three pistol classes where we're working in and around vehicles. So with this, we have a vehicle lab where you'll be able to shoot the car, uh, the windshields, and, and you'll learn from firsthand experience what's going to stop bullets and where the best places are in the cars. Also, we get in them and bail out of them. And this class, um, it starts at around noon. Half the class 
then is during day, then the other half of the class is at night. So we do all kinds of drills at night since, you know, we spend so much of our time in a car. It day pays, and night. It, yeah, it pays to, to take this class and also yeah, a lot of our time we're, we're driving at night. So that's the purpose of this is to give you that experience and then better prepare you for whatever situations day and night. All right, so today we're going to be talking about body armor. And that's a question that we get asked a lot by not only our law enforcement clients and government clients, but as well as a lot of the civilians. What makes sense for me? And so we'll take some time today and we'll, we'll talk about that, explain some things, and hopefully answer some of the questions that you might have. Okay, so uh, my name's Flynn. I've been a police officer for 14 years and uh, 18 months uniform patrol, another 18 months as a plainclothes guy, and then uh, the remaining time I've been uh, on a full-time SWAT team. And my role on that team, uh, amongst other things, is to kind of do the R&D and select the armor that, that we're going to be buying. Uh, so I've been wearing all kinds, from concealable vests up to great big Michelin Man uh, tactical <laughs> vests all the way up. So I kind of got, my experience kind of runs the gamut. Uh, for myself, I've, with military, I started with an IBA. Yes. And, you remember that thing? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So with that, and then eventually got what the eagle industries mm -hmm. thing once i finally went to group and then we got different types of plate carriers now now, uh, now they're running the jpc the jumpable plate carrier yeah. from cry precision yeah uh, and that's a whether that is the best thing or who socom got the contract with because they could provide it i know a lot of individuals that i was working with would go out and procure different plate carriers i mean the jpc is great there are better things out there. Um, yeah. And I, one of the things that I, I have to throw out here right in the beginning as, as we talk, because we're going to talk about our experiences and our, what we've done with armor. Um, just because someone is using that armor doesn't necessarily mean it's right for you. Yep. So uh, a big thing that we've always gone back and forth with was the swimmer plates. So a plate that is cut so that you can have more rotation of your shoulder because, oh, well, it's more rotation of your shoulder. That's also less armor. Uh, that's not covering vital areas. And am I swimming? No, I'm not. If I am swimming, I'm breaking my plates off because they're going to not help me swim. Yeah. So uh, as you guys are listening to this and you're thinking and having those questions, hopefully we're answering for you. Think about what you are doing and what meets the mission for you. Chris, you're saying you don't? Drop a size in sappies, you know, for a bit more mobility. You don't go down a size. We've actually had this conversation, I think, <laughs> yeah. before where, yeah. where I've actually worn an extra large plate yeah. when I'm a large yeah. plate. Um, and that was when I was mission-specific. I was doing a lot of stuff in the turret. I was exposed. Uh, IEDs were the bigger threat. Yep. So I wanted the extra large vest because I could put two sets of side plates, you know, one front, one back. Um, and then I had those larger plates. My vest weighed 90 pounds with all yeah. the gear on it, but I was assaulting from a vehicle to a building. I wasn't walking. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, with that concept with, with the light fighter that we keep going back to, yeah. you need to know those things. Why, you know, what are we doing? If you are going to be assaulting from a vehicle, then Hey, it you makes know, sense in, in Eagle industries, yeah. uh, I called it the assaulter vest because it yeah. was, I didn't have the daps. I, I, I have within reason, but I would armor up pretty heavily yeah. because I wasn't afraid of rifle rounds. I was, I was more concerned about being blown up. I mean, I've been blown up 
and I've walked away from it because <laughs> I had so much dang armor on. Um, but it was the mission dictated what equipment I was wearing. Uh, towards the end of my career where I found myself moving around a lot more and walking a lot more, I went ahead and I wore a JPC. I wore a light, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah. those were large plates. Um, and I had a single uh, side armor yeah, because I do believe in having side plates. Um, and one of my art, one of my problems I do have with the JPC is where the side plates go. It's still kind of too low for me. I'm a tall guy. I need them closer up into the armpit. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're more hide, hiding around my kidneys. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I want my kidneys, but I'd prefer my upper uh, internal organs protected. One of the things the guys used to do in the 82nd, at least my unit in the 82nd, I don't know if it's the same with yours, but um, you can need to customize your equipment to, you know, to your needs and to what you're doing. So when we started doing hands across Afghanistan in, in 03, um, kind of along the same lines as when you, when you were actually invading Iraq, um, we were out in the field walking from one village to the next for, for days, if not weeks. And, uh, you know, guys started to get a little lonely. So what they did is, you know how the uh, IBA, how it splits open? Yeah, yeah. So they have the pocket there where they'd put the body armor. They started calling it the porn pouch. So that's where they would stick, like, all their porn mags underneath there. And they're like, so if I take it around, that'll help with, you know, some of the, the kinetic energy. Yeah. Give me a little yeah, buffer. Sure. But then, you know, when they're out lonely in the field, you know, they, they had the reading material that they desired. So funny story on that. I read the articles. Right, right <laughs> before right. I got to the team, um, the, the fox on, on my first ODA, yeah. he went to the free fall team. And uh, he was a very, very hardcore born-again Christian always just railing and railing against uh, the team, uh-huh. you know, and Hey, on a team, some guys can be inappropriate. Sometimes you have to pick your battles. And uh, he definitely made some enemies. There was a reason he went to a different team. Well, what they do as he's getting ready to leave the team, they go into his Eagle vest and right behind his plates, they <laughs> stuff a couple good magazines. <laughs> and I mean, they're, they're choice magazines. Uh-huh. They're, uh, you know, extra special magazines. And, uh, his wife finds them. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was some, uh, there was some explaining and, uh, Oh, he, uh, he didn't find the humor in that. No, no, he did not find the humor. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm now a new guy on the team. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm now fresh and like, I'm not even there a month. And this other guy that I don't know who he is, he comes storming in and he's just screaming at people. And, uh, they're all laughing, and I'm, uh, as a proper new guy, I'm blending into the wall and uh-huh. being very, very quiet. Uh-huh. Uh, and I eventually found out later what what had happened. And uh, there were some good guys on the team that said, "We'll tell your wife that it was us." <laughs> now that you're kicked out, that's funny. Glad to see the porn band that exists in uh, multiple places. We yes, <laughs> we I I don't want to go into that because there's yeah. lots of yeah. other horrible things that people yes. have done. Stories for different times. Yeah. Every Tune in later. has a porn fairy. It just appears. No mm. one knows where it comes from. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. John, what's your experience with armor? <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to ask about, you know, I mean. My, my first experience was uh, in the Air Force in 2002. Mm. Uh, being issued a Vietnam-era flak jacket. Nice. Nice. Because we were st- we were in a, a hostile environment, but not so hostile that we needed to take up armor that other people needed. <laughs> 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 so, 
So I had a, I had a big wrench and a flak jacket. <laughs> that's, about, <laughs> that's about as heavily armed as I was. <laughs> um, and after that, pretty much nothing until like two years ago when I got my first set of plates. Gotcha. And a, and a, a pig vest from uh, SKD. SKD. Yeah. It was on sale. Yeah, I didn't say there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> SKD makes great stuff. Yeah. So a lot of people look at, you know, what's the use of body armor? We hear a lot of people saying, especially recently on social media, there's been some controversy, you know, do armed citizens need body armor? It's only, you know, for military or law enforcement. I would say if you're an armed citizen and, and you care about being a trained armed citizen, you need body armor, some form of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's... Well, and... I'll take a you know, my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 the right. Yeah. Just because some someone's law enforcement or someone works for the government or someone's in the military doesn't mean that they're bestowed with with extra rights or or privileges. We're all Americans. We all have the inherent right to self defense. So there's no moral reason why anyone should be prohibited from body armor. No, and if you look at the concept of of the Minuteman, like we've talked about, yeah, in if you're going to be a modern minute man, I mean, better than having your sixth AR-15 or your your eighth carry pistol, get a set of body armor. Yeah, and and I'll even go for a much more basic thing. I mean, eye protection is mandatory in classes. Ear protection is mandatory in classes. If you've been to a class, you see me teach. A lot of time, I'm wearing body armor just because it's a safety thing. I yeah, mean, who wants to catch around? Well, then. In our classes, once we get to a certain yeah, level. Yeah, certain classes do require body yeah, armor. You, you yeah. have to have it. And we yeah. have loaners that we can have if people don't have it. Yeah. But for certain classes and specific drills, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, right now, uh, I don't think body armor has ever been so affordable no. and no. prevalent. I yeah. mean, it is. The options are insane. It's Right now, it's becoming harder to give a recommendation. Yeah. Than it is. Because there is so much good quality stuff out there. It used to be there's these four people that yeah. make it and there are some negatives about yeah. all four yeah now it's like hey there's this guy there's this guy there's this guy yeah. and we really are kind of in that buyer's market where we can do our education yeah we can do our research and we can find it um we you know make the comment about having uh eye pro ear pro and things yeah. like that body armor is one of those things that you can have for your family yeah. Your your family's not into guns, but they recognize the need to be able to defend and protect. Uh, you know, a ballistic blanket is a great option when you have small children. And if there is something that is happening in your home and they know to get under that blanket, it's providing them a layer of protection. Yeah. And the idea that people have to have a certain uh, job yeah. to justify a layer of protection uh, that's that's absurd. And really, you get down to it, it's a, de- it's a defensive piece of equipment. There's no offensive capability with armor. It, mm. It's solely to protect you from getting shot, which I think uh, we all agree is is not something that want, we want to happen. I try and avoid it. Yeah, yeah. And so, I I know that I've, I make the LARPer comment yeah. a few times. Yeah. You know? And it's funny because there's always that guy that thinks that I'm talking about him, yeah. and I'm not talking about you. You're doing the right thing. Well. Uh, but what is wrong with that? Here's what I'd say is, what is LARPing? LARPing is wearing equipment that you really don't have a role or a need for. So I would say one guy who I actually think has done a lot for finding that middle ground is, is Lucas Botkin with pushing, like, wear regular clothes and then wear body armor. Don't dress up like an assaulter from an SF group. Dress up like an armed citizen who then has his plates and his gun belt. I mean, you don't need to be 
decked out in multicam to be, I'd, I'd say if you're wearing something that's inappropriate to what you're doing, that's LARPing. If your job is like a pizza delivery guy, yep. who, who is who invented the first concealable bulletproof vest, maybe a concealable bulletproof vest is a better choice than, than a plate carrier. So I know since I've retired, uh, I have multicam coming out my eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was at a I'm not saying there's anything wrong with no, multicam, no, no. but, yeah. you know. I, I was what, at, I, but what is, I mean, conscious decision. What yeah. is our uniform when, yeah. we, when we're on yeah. the range? You're wearing some kind of uh, khaki or yeah. cool pants, yeah. and then we're wearing a button-up shirt. We're not, usually, we're not out there with the old multicam level 20. And that's why, as, as now an armed citizen that yeah. I am, because I am a retired Green Beret, when I purchase equipment now, I look at it like, can I get this in uh, Battleship Gray? Can I get this in, you know, yeah. flat dark earth or, or, you know, I don't need to have multicam. I have a lot of that, yeah. you know, um, and you'll see me with a lot of gear that I've had for years. It's in multicam because yeah. I had it when I was active duty, but the newer stuff that I'm purchasing now, I'm thinking of that. Hey, this doesn't necessarily have to have that, uh, that multicam. Now I will say. If I see a brushstroke uh, plate carrier, <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't help myself. I I very, yeah. very extremely rarely sign up on like a waiting list. Like, this product's out of stock. Please let me know when it's in. There's a company that makes uh, brushstroke uh, combat shirts. Yeah. And uh, you waiting on one of those? I, I, I gave them my information. I'm like, please. And I, I have a twofold message on that. Like, I'm just addicted to brushstroke. I think that it's a good good pattern and has great history. Yeah. The other is if I have a, a combat shirt that I want to wear, it might encourage me to finally give up monster and, uh, you know, work out a little harder. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a, the, the combat shirt is unforgiving. Yeah. It, it is. It, well, I, I don't, yeah, I like, I like the way the combat shirt keeps you honest. Yeah. You know, it does. It you does. can't lie to yourself in a combat shirt. No, you, can't. you have to be, you have to be 15% body fat to wear. <laughs> it could yeah. be a, a battle, but shoot, it could be a, a quarterback wristband and I would buy it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, those of you who are like quarterback wristband, Chris is yeah. into football. Yeah. That's uh, something you wear on your wrist that you can keep maps and call signs and all that stuff on. Keep track of that battle tracking information. Yeah. Leadership band. Yep. But so, yeah, that's not a knock on multicam. It's just what's appropriate for me as an armed citizen. Yeah. So, well, your environment, too. Like exactly. Yeah. If you have to run outside yeah. out of the house or something, is it going to blend in or are you going to? Yeah. Yeah. Black yeah. tends to look like a big black spot. If yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan of black armor. No, anything. Not, not black multicam. Oh, God. That's not. <laughs> well, I, sp- I, I spray that's, paint. That's my meme camo right there. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. not real. Well, I spray yeah. paint my rifles like a combination of tan and green because yeah. if you leave a black sun out in the, a black yep. gun out in exactly. the sun, it's it's scorching hot. I burned myself on my face before. Really. Yeah. I'm no, very you got, tender. You have that very it. fair skin. I'm, I'm yeah. translucent. So. Yeah. <laughs> so getting right into it, uh, the first kind of armor, the first practical armor was soft armor. Uh, concealable armor invented by a... Uh, a pizza delivery guy who went on to found Second Chance, I think it was. Uh huh. So, did you watched the Deadly Weapons uh, yeah. video from the eighties? Yep. Any any other guys? Yes. Did? Long time ago. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. Every weekend is either watching that or Full Metal Jacket or uh, or Red Dawn. Yeah. And the scene it blew me away as a kid. There he is. He's got what a forty four. Yeah. Shoves a couple of of magazines uh, or phone books whatever yeah, it was. yeah. yeah. Uh, underneath them he's like this is just because i do it so often and then he just turns the gun right on himself boom yeah just talking yeah, yeah. no big deal 
And that was his big selling point was because his thing was he would shoot himself and then turn around and clear uh, bowling pins off the table. Yeah. Because his point was to show police departments, hey, you can take a hit and then and stay in the fight. Yeah, stay in the fight. There was, uh, there was a lot of weird – like I said, my father was a police officer, and he was getting in right as they were buying bulletproof vests. And he said there was a lot of weird thoughts like, oh, well, you'll be too jacked up from getting hit. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're not shot. Yeah. So I, I don't – but, you know, that's the, the selling points. But when he started, they had what they called the body cast vest, and it was only a front panel. And the joke was, well, they don't want you running away. So, <laughs> so they only should have a front panel. I think it's that they were cheaping out. But So soft armor. Um, the great thing about soft armor is it gives you a lot of coverage over your body. Like a lot of coverage. I mean, plates, have you ever seen plates? They're pretty skimpy. There's not a whole lot of actual area there. Soft armor has also got the benefit of it's concealable. As, <clears throat> as an armed citizen or you know a police officer, you might not want to advertise that you're wearing body armor. It may draw too much attention. Uh, I'm sure that some of you guys have done some stuff overseas <laughs> where you don't want to advertise you're wearing armor. Yeah. Uh, I have a breakaway man dress. Yep. That uh, I, everything's worn on a battle belt. Yeah. So I look like I got big hips. Right. But uh, I could wear my concealable mm-hmm. and uh, not appear yes. to, to have that. I have a funny story. When I first moved up here to PA, I was living in an apartment in uh, Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. And... I'm taking stuff down to the car, getting where I'll go range. I've got all this stuff, and I don't want to take two trips. So I throw my plate carrier on. It's got magazines loaded up. I've got my gun in a hard case, and I throw just a jacket over it. Yeah. And I get on the elevator, and the guy's looking at me like, who is this guy? And I'm like, i got to say something, so I'm, it's okay. I'm a professional. And the relief on his face, yeah. just like, oh, okay, all right, you're professional. I could have been a professional painter, plumber, electrician, whatever, you know, but... Uh, you, you were actually three raccoons in a trench coat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that, Dumb and Dumber? I took him a limo driver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so he just got he got comfortable with it, but um, those plates with, uh, with you know, rigged out with magazines and everything, Yeah, not easy to conceal, even no. throwing a jacket no. over it. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, soft armor, benefits concealed, gives you a lot of coverage. Stops pistol threats, which I'd say most people would agree are the common threat mm-hmm. for many, depending on what you're doing, is is that's what often the threat is. Handguns are used most often in crime simply because they're concealable. That being said, we have seen a trend, unfortunately, even at, at protests where people are showing up with rifles. Yeah. So rifle-rated threats, I can say on my job, we're seeing a lot more rifle-caliber weapons. It's just... Well, you can buy a green tip at Walmart, so. Well, we'll talk about that with threat levels, with what I call the Walmart test. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we'll won't spoil, I won't spoil yes. the. Uh... No, yeah. So, so that's soft armor. The, the downside soft armor is, depending on what level you get, depending on what carrier it's in, it can have significant bulk and also uh, trapping heat. They can be uncomfortable to wear in, in hot weather. And I can say, too, wearing it under your shirt, is a fair bit less comfortable than wearing it outside of your shirt. So there, there's trade-offs, and we'll talk about you know what we're looking to wear. But so that's soft armor. Um, it stops handguns, a lot of coverage, but it can be hot and bulky and can interfere with, with how you shoot. I, I found for me, yeah, uh, the best the best way I've, I've found wearing soft armor, and that's wearing like a, a, a t-shirt. Yeah. So against my skin, yeah. without having the armor. Oh you yeah. If, if you're wearing a vest concealed, I, I would wear some sort of an undershirt, yeah, whether absolutely. it's just for for comfort. Um, there are some very high-speed options. Uh, Cry LVS, I have one of those. It's very, 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 very thin. Cry what? LVS. LVS, okay. 
Low visibility. I think it's low visibility system. I can't remember what it stands for. It's got some sort of cool name. I thought you said Cry LDS. No, 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 LVS. But you know, downside is dude, the construction's a bit stiffer. But at the same time, it conceals like nothing else. You you just won't tell a guy's wearing it. So it all comes down to what soft armor you buy, which we'll get into. Next up is hard armor. Hard armor stops rifle rounds. Generally speaking, there are some specialty pistol threat plates that are hard, but generally they stop uh, rifle rounds. The question is, which rifle rounds? Mm-hmm. So we have a couple different constructions for rifle-rated and armor. And how many? And how many? That's the other thing. So with body armor, you really have to read the fine print. If I say NIJ level 3, that means it stops, what, like three, I think it's three to four rounds of M80 ball, 762 by 51, 308. That's a pretty impressive round to stop, right? What rounds aren't listed on that? Five, five, six. Yeah, any, any five, any, five, any, six. Any five, five right. six. So theoretically, I can make a plate that's NIJ three compliant, but does not stop any five, five, six rounds. And those do exist. You have to really read, and a and a legitimate company will list all the rounds they've tested for. So we've got uh, steel. I see steel out there. Uh, yes, a fair bit. We um, see a lot of people f- believing that's the. Uh, the Kmart Blue Light Special option. I don't want to spend a lot of money, but I I want some body armor, and and that's it. I hear a lot of people saying uh, it's better than nothing. I would actually disagree and say it's worse than nothing. Yeah. If you have a chest rig and good cardio, I'd say you're better off than with with steel plates and a carrier. Um, Problem with steel plates is they typically do not stop 55 grain, 5.56, above a certain velocity, which, again, 55 grain, 5.56, we talk about the Walmart test. It's probably one of the most common rounds in America. Mm-hmm. Depending, on, again, on velocity. But I don't want to have to say, well, I'll be cool if the guy has this. I want to stick to, and that's a common threat round. Additionally, you have the issues of uh, spall and frag. That is going to... That's the one lesson that we yeah. make a point every class when we're using steel. Yeah. Is for the students to walk out and see the line that's been cut because of all the, yeah. all the spall. Yes. But... But I saw on Facebook where they had balloons all around the oh, target. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, again, that's legitimate ballistic testing, right? A video on Facebook, <laughs> YouTube, right? That's peer-reviewed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I uh, I like to point out every time someone says it to me, do you see any balloons below the target? No. <laughs> no. What's below the target when you're sitting in a yeah. car? What? You mean your nuts and your knees? Well, you know, I mean, some people value Body parts more than well, others. Interesting enough, I value my knees, which is also why I wouldn't recommend steel because of the weight. Mm. The weight's going to kill you. And then I hear guys saying, well, I'm not going to wear it very often. I wear armor, full kit, most of the time. Mm-hmm. I so, want it as lightweight as possible, and I'm wearing it all the time. If I'm I not have, wearing it. I have worn steel plates. Yeah. Um, it was mission spe- going back yes. to mission specific. It was because it gave us rifle protection with a very, very low signature yes. of, of wearing those plates. They're not the plates that you're buying. No, no. So they were probably more expensive yes. than hybrid steel yes. ceramic plates. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to call the company out uh, because this is part of a separate line of products that aren't publicly advertised, but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. none of the ones you're talking yeah. about. They're very, I, I think we've had this yes, conversation yes. before, yes. They're very thin. They're very concealable. They're very good when you're operating in a place, operating, operating a place where you uh, <laughs> where the primary defense is don't look like you have armor on. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, in a very narrow ballistic threat yeah. window. Yeah. 
762 by 39. Yep. We got you for yep. 762 by 39. Yep. And that is what it's there for. Yep. And, and uh, you're not wearing it all the time. Nope. You're wearing it for when you're going out and doing those particular things. Yep. Um, and you have to treat it with all of body armor. There is a, uh, you know, proper way of storing yes. and there is expiration. Like, yep. You know, when it says it expires, it's not like medicines that that's kind of like, oh, yeah. well, it's just losing its uh, effectiveness. It does degrade its capability and you're talking about life-saving here. So um, I know that those were very controlled. Uh, we, we monitored those a lot. Oh, yes. They are definitely a sensitive item. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and with steel, too, with that, the cost, because, again, like I said, I'm not going to call that company out because they do not want that stuff advertised yeah. publicly. But I've seen the list price for that, and the list price for that is about the same as, like, their highest-end ceramic plates, which are only going to, like, the units that have those kind of budgets. Mm-hmm. So, again, like we talk about, well, so-and-so wears it. Okay, but what's your mission? My mission does not involve only 765-39 with very low-vis threat. So I would say, generally speaking, steel is, is – you don't have armor. You have a, a target plate. No. And, and I would just – the other issue is that when we talk about cuts and curves is that you really quite can't triple curve or multi-axis curve a steel plate due to what's going on with steel. And that has a lot to do with comfort. So you've got heavy weight and not a comfortable cut. It's – I would just avoid steel armor entirely. Again, chest rig and good cardio is probably a better choice, <laughs> and it's cheap. What about the uh, the polymer? Uh, the polymer plate. So again, we talk mission spe- mission specific. Um, <clears throat> we use polymer plates where I work for a very specific mission, which is maritime, because in maritime the environment is the threat. What if I just am really f- out of shape and I have short little legs and I don't want to have a lot of weight on me, especially going up the stairs? Okay. Well, again, they're really lightweight, but here's the problem with the polymer plates: one, they're thick. So, again, thickness is a function of comfort. Uh, I'm already thick, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very thick. They're not very low profile. They're hard to conceal. They are incredibly, incredibly lightweight. Like, we're talking, like, what, like two and a half pounds. I mean, it's it's nutty light for what it is, and it's not crazy expensive. The problem is it doesn't stop. Green tip, M855, will go right through it. And like you mentioned, M855 is another common threat round. We got some, and we're testing it, shooting it, and the stuff that it did stop i was oh, yeah. amazed oh, yeah. at how well oh, it'll soak up anything like yeah. door but, but but then as soon as we uh went to yeah. green tip hot knife through butter yeah. yeah yeah it's uh again this goes back to what's the mission we talk about lightweight i was uh with another <clears throat> agency and we were talking about that and they all ran poly plates and i was like uh dude you know uh i made five five is a common threat round like well we're worried about weight and i'm like okay <laughs> but we're we're police officers we're not walking that far you know, I can deal with the weight of a ceramic, of a high-end I, ceramic. Plate. I don't know. I've I've seen some police officers recently. Yeah, that, you know, oh, they have segways. All, all, all the <laughs> all, all the more reason. Again, good cardio and armor. <laughs> armor is not just something you can just throw on. You've you know got to endure wearing it. Uh, I have never worn comfortable body armor. I've just worn body armor that staves off discomfort longer. Eventually, that is a very good way of putting it. Yeah. Because if it was comfortable, you'd forget you were wearing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. If you wear it long enough, it's you're gonna. That's the other thing is conditioning. For yes, yeah. It's a lot of weight <clears throat> on your upper body. It and is. That's a good way to mess up your back. It is. is, with with balance, which we'll talk about some of the, the things that I've seen guys do. But yeah, like I said, so these guys were on poly plates, and these guys had more money 
then I don't know what they were all wearing the uh, the opposite of the JPC, the CPC, the mm-hmm. big, the big yeah. like it's like getting a hug from Caleb Cry himself. That that plate carrier. So like it's they're not they're not cheap. I was like, clearly you guys have money, just you know. But they get focused again. Light is right, but like we talk about it, is light is right for who? What are you doing? So like I said, we use them for maritime, but the problem is they're thick, they're hard to conceal, they're not triple curved, which again goes to comfort, and they don't stop green tip, which. I consider a, a, a round that I want any armor I'm carrying. Well, with, our, with our open enrollment rifle classes, I want to say at least a third of the yeah. students, that's what they're shooting because yeah. that's the cheap ammo that they have for, and for and the range. And I bet the guys who aren't shooting it aren't shooting it because a lot of ranges prohibit green yeah. tip because it tears up the backers. Yeah. So, And again, going back to picking things, steel armor, that'll stop 855 all day long, but it won't stop M193. Poly, it'll stop M193 all day long. But, but it won't stop yep. M855s. This goes back to you've got to read the fine print. If a round is not listed on there, it's a common round. There's probably a reason why they didn't test for it. And they're not going to tell you it failed. But this goes back to being an educated consumer. Uh, then there's ceramics. I, I personally feel ceramics offer the best bang for your buck because I look for a couple things. Uh, threat protection, thinness, cut, and, and profile. And you're going to get all that with, with ceramics. Uh, <clears throat> And they're available. And they're available. Very available. The um, last couple of years, they've been exploding everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There used to only be like one or two yeah. places you get them from. And I think they realize the market is really there. Um, one of the things that I was very happy to see is when I first started like looking at armor, which or hard armor, which is when I came to, to our SWAT team, uh, pretty much, unless you were a military unit, all you were getting was some sort of weird 10 by 12 plate. Mm-hmm. And like if you come to our armor classes, we've got a bunch of 10 by 12s and none of them look alike. They're all different cut. The standard cut is a, a sappy cut or, or a swimmer cut like Chris is talking about. But it was a variety of cuts. Now you're getting true sappy cut plates, which really opens up your options for the carrier, which is the second function. My personal opinion is you pick the, the armor first, then you build the carrier around that. So the ceramics, <clears throat> I'm not aware of any professional units who has their GP plate are using anything other than a ceramic plate. Unless you count the Russians, which I'm sure there's some sort of weird titanium. <laughs> Uranium. Yeah, t- titanium plates that are radioactive, but meanwhile, they still have foot wraps, not socks. Yes. <laughs> in, in Mother Russia, you yeah. know, the plate kills you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's that's the ceramics. Uh, an interesting recent development is uh, polyceramic hybrids. So the downside to ceramics is you can get them very cheap, but they're going to be a bit heavier. The expensive ones are expensive, and they are light, like ridiculously light, like three pounds. Three and a half, I think, is the, is the, new, the new hotness it's going to be. Um, so there's a wide variety there. With the polyceramics, though, you can get a little bit of cost savings and approximate the same weights, but at a reduced cost. Um, the downside, though, is the thickness because it's got the polyethylene. But at the same time, you can get a four-pound plate for a four pound polyceramic hybrid for about the cost of like a eh, a plate that might weigh two or three pounds more and, and two mm-hmm. or three pounds might not sound like a lot but when you're wearing that thing all day or even not wearing it all day when you don't when you're not used to wearing it that weight matters yeah so the polyceramics are really uh you know we, we keep talking about the weight and yeah. you know getting used to uh the body yeah. armor and things like that very often we we have people come to classes. Yes. They don't know oh, yeah. how to wear it. Yeah. Once you figure out how to wear your plates, yes. once it's it's size correct to you, mow the lawn wearing it. Yeah. Wash the dishes wearing it. Yep. Sit on the couch and watch a movie wearing it. Uh, 
And then you're going to resize it again. Yeah. You're going to change some things up. Yep. And you're going to change some things about where you have your stuff laid out. Do that long before you come to a class. Yeah, because most of the time when you're in armor, you're not doing cool guy shooting stuff. You're doing you're stuff standing. like, yeah, you're standing around, you're sketching, you're sitting in a car, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting somebody's name, you're doing a thousand other things. And, and if we want to talk about being prepared, you have to learn how to live in this stuff. And wearing it properly, that's another thing we'll get to because I see a lot of guys wearing their plates, both professional and uh, and armed citizens wearing their plates way, way too low. So so that's, let's see, we run through armor construction. So on construction, yeah. what about improvised? Okay, so um, I can say that I have seen guys make prison armor before uh-huh, yeah. to ward off less lethal impact projectiles because they know they're going to get tagged with, you know, 40 millimeter sponge nose so they'll throw on a bunch of coats and stuff i've never seen improvised uh ballistic armor before so something i'm just fascinated by yeah. anything like this and you never know you might yeah. have to atm something and i've watched a bunch of videos and talked to a few people that have tried taking you know the uh, ceramic tiles from Home Depot yeah. that are already on the sheets, and layering them with uh, carbon fiber, layer, layering them with um, yeah. uh, fiberglass or something, and pressing them. I always laugh because they end up spending about a thousand dollars to come out with something ends up being that yeah. stops nine mil. Yeah, um, and they're really excited that it stops yes. nine mil. Cool, uh, but but you you spend a yeah. lot of money getting to that point uh, yeah. when you could have just bought soft armor. Yeah. Uh, but the cool thing about that is I've been in places where I couldn't bring things. Yes. And the idea that if you understand what these principles are, what the armor is supposed to be doing, and you have to do the prison armor. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, the the scene, what is it, uh, Black Hat, where he, he straps the magazines to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because he, he knows his threat is going to be uh, edged weapons. Yeah. He's yeah. trying to get that layer there. Yep. Um, yeah. That movie tanked. But I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, there's there, some, some, good, there. some yeah. good scenes yeah. in there. And if you haven't seen it, that's what Michael Mann isn't he the one? Uh, not Michael. No, Mann. Uh, Chris um, Hemsworth. No, I know Chris Hemsworth. Uh, who? Director. The oh. director. Same guy did Heat and that's uh, Michael Mann. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah. and Miami yeah. Vice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of interesting things. Technical realism yeah. in there. So I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because one of the things I hear often on the internets, the the forums, you know, is that well, ceramics too fragile. Uh I would say the explosion of body armor or, or hard armor kind of came post 9-11. Everybody pretty much got issued the mm-hmm. plates. Hey, we need these. We're in urban areas. They need to have the plates. In, God, I guess it's been almost 20 years, um, 20 years of, of constant conflict and guys wearing ceramic plates, to my knowledge, there has not been a single documented failure of a ceramic plate. So what would you say the average 18-year-old infantryman's priorities are? Is it taking super delicate care of his equipment? Or <laughs> no? Well, I already I already told you yeah. earlier in this podcast what his priorities are. Yeah, he had a pouch with his body <laughs> yeah, armor. Right. That's where he put his, ma- his mags. Right. Yeah, so not again, his gun mags, the other mags. Yeah, right. So that being said, if you've got again, it's not a knock. It's just I run myself at eighteen, and my priorities were not being delicate with things. Yeah, if you've got that, well, I, I can't I can't actually remember. I assume it didn't happen very much with the 82nd, but put it in group. 
annually they take them and yeah. they x-ray, x-ray them. them. Yeah. 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 So then they're getting tested every year yeah. and they're, they're swapping any yeah. of that out that that might have a failure that might have been dropped and cracked or something. So my point being, if you're, if you're an armed citizen or even a police officer, I've heard this argument from police agencies for buying steel is, uh, I can tell you, you're probably not going to do anything to that plate that's going to cause the break, especially if most of the time it's in your closet or you're, you're taking it in your car to go to a, to a class. Yeah. So I, I was talking to Jared earlier this week about um, when I was in the 82nd, one of the things I had to do a tasking, I had to go do a bunch of jumps. Right. And we were testing out uh, the Molly system. Sure. And that horrible Molly ruck. And uh, the other thing that we had to do on that was we were jumping plates. Mm. And so they were seeing what the best, pl- pl- whether it was to take them out of the carrier and put them in the ruck. Right. Or whether it was to wear them, mm-hmm. and uh, I will say that we did break some plates yeah. on the guys that wore them, and are you know you you're jumping out at 800 feet AGL, yeah, and <laughs> landing hard. Gotcha. You're, you guys broke plates. The ones that we put in rucksacks, yeah, and then we dropped the ruck, uh, and yeah. it has a little cable mm-hmm. or a cord that extends out 15 feet. That hit the ground, but it had enough padding, and then yeah. it, it didn't have the weight of the human being behind it um, that those didn't break. And that was 2001? Yeah. Yeah, 2001 or 2002 that I did that. And then uh, the rest of my career, uh, we've always jumped our plates in in the Rucks uh, static line. Yeah. Uh, then I know some guys that have done free fall where they've worn them, but you have a more controlled landing on right. That. So I, I, I agree then with with what Flynn's saying to his point that yeah. that for the average citizen yeah, or law you, enforcement, you, you're, you're not going to abuse not, it like yeah, we you're have. not yeah. going to abuse it. And I mean, I'm talking like we did, yeah, significant trauma to that to get it to crack. Yep, to get and then it wasn't a failure, right? You know, it was just hey, when we X-rayed this, there is a a shadow that could be a crack that if the round hit that spot, yep. Yep. it may not have the true ballistic yeah. uh, protection that it's advertised for. Yep. And that's in group. They yep. would, they would x-ray our plates. And if you had those shadows or whatever, well, we don't know. So we're not going to risk it. We're yep. going to give you a new plate. Yep. My thought is the same thing with guys who are like, Oh, well, uh, I don't want my gun to end up in evidence. Okay. But, if you if you end up using your gun to save your life, it served its purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of not having emotional attachments to our equipment. It's there to do its job. If your plate stops around, it did its job. You know, go buy a new one. And yep. I know people talk about post-apocalypse. You know, like complete societal collapse, but at the same time, and that. Well, that's when we go to Home Depot. Right, that's yeah. And, that's that's know. when you start putting yeah. your own armor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, these things. I can't wait to start cutting up tires and making my Mad Max yeah. armor. Yeah. I mean. Coffee cans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, again, why I have to get the, back in shape. The Homer Simpson know? anti-bear suit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so uh, kind of jumping around here. But, yeah, ceramics function by breaking. That's how they stop the round. But they don't break. They're not useless after one shot. After one shot. So and don't that's, sweat that's, that stuff. When you look at it. Yes, when you, as long as you're reading is, the Is the it labor. multiple rated? Yes. Yes, and that's what and it this, means. In this era, I, I got to tell you, I think most are multi-hit. Multi-hit, yes. Yeah. Um, Some of the videos of the testing is pretty oh, astounding. Like, okay, yeah. okay, it's, it's definitely failed by yeah. now. And then they're like, no, yeah. 30-odd-six. And you're yeah. like, oh, my God. 
<laughs> so you're, you're, I'm like, okay, I think I'll be all right with that stuff. And at the same time, we're getting uh, this is actually perfect because we're getting a threat level. Um, midnight. <laughs> yeah, for a little midnight. <laughs> is 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 uh, people always say, oh well, this stops at 308. Um, I was at a uh, agency shoot, and a lot of times we'll go and like shoot up old armor things like that. They decommission their older Bearcats. We're gonna shoot through the the Bearcat glass, see what it could take. And they had one of those uh, those rifle rated uh, uh, dolly shields that like you roll on a dolly. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a great video of one up in, uh, now I won't say where it's from, but the guy was walking to a scene and he's, guy, he must be the newest guy and he's pushing off that dolly and he hits a bump in the sidewalk and he goes, bought over tea kettle and trips up off the shield. And, um, yeah, it's like, ah, that, yeah, good. Hmm, let's hope everything's on a level, on a level surface. But, uh. And that's actually happening in real life too. That's actually public knowledge with, with the friendship out of clown. They, yeah. they had a wheeled one and floor went down like six inches and they lost the shield in the middle of a shootout so mm. again that that goes back to selecting equipment just because it works here doesn't mean it works there but uh threat level um right so we were shooting this this rifle rated shield and guys are like oh it's rated for this that and the other thing and i had some uh m855a1 because i was curious to see hey this is around it's it's out there if it's in the military circulation it's at some point going to be in the hands of you know the public so we should see what this thing stops and I had. It's always weird when you see someone in class with one that. You're like, yeah. You know how much that costs? I know, right? It's cheaper just to throw dollar bills at the <laughs> okay, target. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd that's save cool. that stuff. But um, so I had brought a couple different uppers because, you know, a lot of penetration, a lot of defeating armor, be it tanks or, or your own personal body armor, is a function of velocity. So I brought a 20 inch upper, a 16 inch upper, a 14 and a half, and 11 and a half, and a 10 3 because I wanted to kind of see. Aren't you the guy that's always lecturing me about not having too many ARs? Well, these were uppers for testing purposes. This oh, okay. Not, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> this, is, right, this is for science. Okay, Chris. This for, is science. for science. Okay. Yeah. For, for, for money, not you. Deductible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. This is for science. Um, also I'm, I'm going to use that for science. Yeah. So, uh, but, okay, let's load up the first one, put it in the 10-3, and I was like, ah, man, this is, I, I don't know if this is going to work. And, uh, man, that thing went through it like it wasn't even there. <laughs> We're like, and guys are saying, like, I can't believe it. It stopped these 308 rounds and 30 out six. How couldn't it stop this? Well, it's cross sectional density and velocity. That's you're shooting a 30 out six. That's like a soft point hunting round versus M855A1, which is a very specific hardened hardened yep. penetrator. Yeah, that's that's what it's going to be. So you have to really read the labels and see what yeah. is this plate rated for. What is this vest rated for? Oh, I, I, I took a picture. I think you took a picture too of uh, some training we did recently for that for an agency. Yeah. And they deployed the shield. Yeah. And which is pistol rated. Pistol rated. Yep. And it took, I know the young man who was pulling the trigger, about 40 rounds of simulated rifle rounds. Yeah. Um, before they eventually took care of him. Yeah. And if that would have been real, yeah. they would have shredded that entire team as they were channeled in that hallway. And, and that actually goes back to, again, while this is just generally armor in general, I will speak on shields. I don't want to sound like I'm bagging on shields. I have seen in real life on operations we have been on the shield take around and stop it. it, it it's absolutely an important piece of equipment for law enforcement. That being said, and this gets into armor as a whole, don't do stupid stuff just because you have a shield or because you have any body armor at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like to think of it as like uh, your car has anti-lock brakes, side impact airbags, and, and seat belts. You don't drive like a jerk on the road. It's... Okay, well, all right. I don't drive like a jerk. I've been told I drive like an old lady. Oh, I get grandpa all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But um, same thing too. Let your tactics and good decisions protect you, not not armor. It's just kind of there to catch the, the things in the gap. And same thing too. Where is armor appropriate? I'm all about bringing. Again, this is more police related, but I'm all about bringing a shield when when you can. But if you're doing a woodland search, man, leave that thing in the trunk. That's not the time and place for it. Yeah. And again, too, like you said, pistol rated. I know that there are teams who will. Uh, hey, for this call, we think the guy's only got a pistol, so we're going to carry a pistol shield. I can tell you there's plenty of times where the intel was pistol only. We go in there, and uh, I remember one specific time, there was a uh, Mac 90, which is a Chinese AK, with a with a drum mag leaned next to the guy's uh, guy's computer that he was sitting at. And mm-hmm. If he wanted to fight, that shield wasn't going to stop it. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's good equipment to have, but don't think it, it's going to save you, you know, from, from bad decisions. So with that threat level, if you're going to wear enough armor that stops rifle-rated rounds, I want it to stop... If you're going to go through the hassle of wearing rifle-rated armor, I want it to stop as much common threats. And to me, that's uh, 762 by 39 and then M855 and M193. And that's, I mean, do you guys have any different thoughts on that? Or? No. Yeah. Those are definitely the most prevalent stuff out there. So yeah. 3-3 of the pool. If you're in Alaska, maybe. If you're in Alaska, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to be mistaken as a moose. That's you know? true. Yeah. I'm a big guy. Yeah, that's true. I think if somebody's shooting at you with 338, they're gonna be aiming at your head anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the other thing. I remember showing my, my little uh, uh, cousins, like my bulletproof vest when I was a brand new police officer, and one of them says, uh, "What if they shot you in the face?" <laughs> <It's just> a, <laughs> this is the second dumb and dumber reference. Thanks, Stevie. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. What if? <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> if?" Good point. Yeah. Well, you know <clears throat> the, the ballistic face masks they have, that's, like the, oh, the, yeah. the Spartan armor that they have for the the cry, uh, the chops, the, yeah, the, yeah, the chops. Well, which again, that goes back to. to uh, specific role, I'm sure. You know, you talk about being up in a, in a turret, turret of a of a Humvee. I mean, that's or, or an MRAP. I would say that might not be the worst thing to, to I, stick on. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I would have had to have that conversation with myself if that yeah. was available. Yeah, uh, and I would have had to have made those those assessments. Yeah, um, you know, I it was all about finding that that sweet spot, that balance. It always so, is. Did I wear the daps? Yeah. No, I did not wear the daps. One, uh, they didn't have daps for that eagle vest that I had, mm-hmm. so they had some like Rigged other stuff yeah. that, yeah. and that it just it really reduced my mobility. And we were talking about it. Uh, I don't know if it was on the podcast or where we were talking about, it, but media action drill, media action drill on that fifty cal. I would do that without thinking because mm-hmm. trained so much on it. But I would realize that I was doing that when I had that restrictive armor yeah. on. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't wear that. Um, the high-cut helmets were a thing that was coming out. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the turret, I wore a ACH. Yeah. I had, you know, hey, does it push my peltors down on my head a little bit more? Yeah, it does. My peltors getting pushed down on my head anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, that helmet's a little bit more comfortable, but it's only that little bit. Yeah. And I made that choice that, yeah, yep. in the turret, I'm going to wear the, the ACH. Uh, and on that, I have a friend that is alive today because he took an AK round in the back of the ACH. Now, it was a def, you know an angled shot, yeah. so it wasn't straight on, and it was a, at some distance. Um, so I have a you know testament of yeah. that, that helmet so I I'm I was a little reluctant to give it up. I know its effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, actually, real quick, we can talk about helmets. That is body armor. Yeah, it is. Um, 
Because what happens if you get shot in the face? Well, what happens if you get shot do, in the face? Do you face? got a face shield? Do you wear a face shield? We can at talk work? about face shields too. We can do talk do about you those. wear a face shield? At I don't work? wear a face shield. No, okay. No, I'm not. I'm not French or I'm not GSG nine or, or or you know raid. But but that's also a specific thing. Mm-hmm. They have the way their tactics work. Certain things they're doing, their ROE are very very different, and additionally, mm-hmm. they're a bit more. I wouldn't say aggressive. Like they don't use viewports on their shields because they use shields again. It's a police thing. They look over the top of the shield. So they don't have to deal with shooting around one. So they wear the, the ballistic visors. The problem is those things are very expensive and hard to upkeep because they're all that, that plexiglass, and they're very, very heavy, too. <laughs> they don't scratch at all, do they? Oh, God. They, if you actually look at <laughs> pictures of uh, some of the foreign teams, you'll actually see they have like these little soft bags off to the side. It's the second they take their helmet off, they can scooch it across their shield so it doesn't, or their visor so it doesn't get all hmm. dinged up. And they delaminate, and they have a short service life. So it's one of those things that's such a specialty item. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right. And then, too, if you've ever seen the visor stocks, have you seen the visor mm-hmm. stocks? The crazy. You guys haven't seen the visor stocks? Oh, they, they go down. Like a, yeah, they go yeah. down. It's it's to go around. It's a crazy looking like U stock. Oh, okay. And you can yeah, only use them yeah. on things like without a buffer tube, like the M4. You can use them on uh, oh god, HKs and and the uh, well, the roller locked HKs, G36s and MP MPX or MCXs, which is why you see those guns being so popular in Europe, is because their teams are so big on the the ballistic face shields. Hmm. So again. Like we talk, we're all victims of our experience. Mm-hmm. And there, there's never like a, hey, this is wrong. It's like, well, here's why these guys are doing it. Just like a JPC, one of the things I'm concerned about is I think people are chasing lightweight and JPC type things at the expense of soft armor coverage. Especially, again, not to target this towards <clears throat> police, but handguns are the number one threat. If you're giving up all that soft armor coverage to just have rifle rated protection. And why were we running JPCs? Because we were doing a lot of dismounted. Yeah. You know, long range movements. Yep. When we were doing those off the truck movements, yeah, my vest weighed ninety pounds. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and this isn't me saying don't get a plate care. This is saying be circumspect about why you're doing what you're doing. So again, going back to threat level, handguns the number one threat. You've got to have something that stops handgun rounds. And rifle plates are just so skimpy. You're just not gonna get that. Um, but with helmets, they stop pistol rounds. They're fairly uh easy to add on like an ach we've talked about it it's what like a hundred bucks surplus yeah, they're, they're not crazy yeah. expensive you, you don't need some crazy high cut if you got the money they for it great they don't look as cool you know i, you know I never had a problem with my hch by taking the center take pad the out, center out pad yeah, and then i'd wear yeah. peltors that thing right over it well i think now i we've talked about the larping and yeah. i don't want to make anyone feel uh that we're singling them out no this is life-saving equipment yeah. so if I have the choice of I'm buying a bump helmet for $200 because yep. it looks like what Unit X is yep. running around on the battlefield with, or even worse, the video game character I watch yeah. uh, is wearing this item, then I'm buying armor. So yeah. buy that 100 or $150 ACH and have armor. And the nice thing, too, is you know I wore duels i ran 15s for shoot almost the entire time i was in, i was in fifth group and then when i got the 20th group for a while that's what we ran before we got 31s and by wearing a ballistic helmet i never had never had any desire to put a counterweight back mm-hmm. there yeah but then now if i'm wearing a bump helmet okay you, now there's nozzles yeah heavier. you need the counterweight yeah. and, and yeah. It, so for my night vision when i'm just doing night vision stuff i'm walking around in you know my backyard and i want to go explore i'm not 
carrying a gun. I am not in a hostile uh, environment. I'm not in that defensive situation. A bump helmet's great. What's even better? A skull crusher. Yeah. You know, the nice, you know, the cry. They're uh, not the original skull yeah, crusher. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. The, the new, the new. Uh, that's better, you know. Uh, but if I'm buying something because I want protection, yeah. what do I want protection from? The environment? Yeah. I'm going to bump my head. Or I'm going to possibly take frag or rounds. Yeah. So I want that ballistic advantage. And again, not to get too deep down the helmet rabbit hole. Bump helmets were all the rage, what, like uh, 20, 30 years ago when your choice was either a K-pot mm-hmm. or a bump helmet. Well, in that case, okay, K-pot didn't stop a tremendous amount of rounds. It's heavy. It slips down over your face. Okay. Maybe we're, we're the skateboarding helmet, the old ProTech. I know when I got to, to the team, we had, uh, we had ProTech helmets for Maritime. Hmm. But now we're at the point where ballistic helmets, with the next iteration we're looking at, are so lightweight, they're within a pound of, of a Maritime helmet. We're thinking, why get a separate one? We'll just roll with, with one helmet yeah. because... It's it's the weight savings are yeah. so much now. So, but again, you have to know what you're looking at. Uh, the only thing I'll say further on helmets is, don't buy some overseas imported garbage just because it says something. Again, do your do your research. Um, there are companies who do not make if if it looks like a thousand dollar helmet, yeah, and it costs, but you're getting it for five hundred. Yeah. There's a reason. Yeah, stick to the big names. Uh, Cry, Team Wendy, uh, <clears throat> Galvian, who used to be Revision. Uh, MTech, they make the flux. I say, yeah, MTech flux, cry, uh, ops core. Uh, if it's not a big name, doesn't have a bunch of contracts, I would not mess with it because contracts require testing, and testing is kind of like uh, something you pay for with your tax dollars already. So let somebody else do the do the work on that, and don't buy Chineseium. <laughs> it's it's not helmets, but I recently saw a, a product that was uh, basically intellectual property that was stolen from an American company. Yeah, and uh, a lot of those. And the ad said, made for USA. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Instead of yep. made in. <laughs> There's the other ones, too. It's assembled in the United States, yeah. but it's foreign components. So yeah. take arca- it's, it's, it's body armor. It's not for fashion. It's a life-saving piece of equipment. Make sure it, it, it's the real deal, not some junk. And like I said, again, surplus HGACs are cheap. You know, you, you make the comment about fashion, and uh, I w- always really hoped that the rap world would have gotten the bulletproof vest more of a fashionable item so i could just walk around with my <laughs> my kit on you know no, that, that it it almost took off for a while there. i know i th- i thought it was gonna happen yeah but but not that's so. a joke that's so, a joke so again we talk about threat levels it's less important with, with pistol rated armor pistol rated armor pistols are pistols they're really not that crazy um the big difference can be back face deformation. If you have a level two vest, you're going to eat a lot more back face deformation than a level three A vest. That being said, three A is stiffer and heavier. If you're a, a SWAT guy wearing an overt vest with plates, go for three A. If you're an armed citizen who's thinking, "Hey, uh, it's getting kind of dicey out there. You know, we're having food shortages. I want something to wear to the grocery store. Eh, maybe go with level two. That's going to help you avoid a mugging. You know, something like that. So, it, it's you really have to again. You have to do the research as a consumer. But typically, I would say if it's concealed, you'll be fine with level two. If and you can get expensive 3A. Just because you have the armor doesn't yeah. mean you take the risk. Yep. That it's, it is a, yes, it's a yeah, fail yes, safe. Yes, yeah, it's like wearing a seatbelt. Like I said, yeah. you don't drive and rant, play demolition derby. It's not a force field. Yeah, body armor's not a force field. Don't do stupid stuff just wearing body armor. Because you know what body armor covers? Yeah, your vital organs. You know what it doesn't cover? A whole lot of other stuff. Yeah, look at uh, the North Hollywood shootout. Oh, yeah. Got oh, him yeah. in the thumb. Yeah, the uh, the one guy actually, yeah, the 
remember which guy. The guy was off by himself with the pistol. Yeah. And actually shot his thumb off, and then he's out there by himself. And the other guy, they just laid down underneath the car. Got his and, feet. And got his legs, and that's, again, you can wear all the armor you want, but there's always uh, gaps in the armor. Mm-hmm. And they, those guys were so slow moving that they were able to. That's the other thing is you can give up so much mobility, you're, you're mm-hmm. not safe. I mean, look at the uh, the knights from medieval time. They'd get, you know. You know, you're some well-bred ar- member of the aristocracy, and you get pulled off your horse by some starving 18-year-old, and he slip, he lifts up your arms and slips up, what is that, a rondel, mm-hmm. right through your armpit, and that's the end of you. So all that armor for nothing. So same thing, too, with this stuff. Side plates. I'm a fan of side plates. I, I, I was just yes. about to ask you that because yeah. it's something that's like an afterthought. Yeah. I don't really know much. I, I wear side plates all the time. Um, I think the only time I've taken them out is woodland stuff just because it's the woods and it's a little bit different but well then you're making that assessment yeah. of what is my risk yeah and it, it is armor is one of those balancing acts yeah and I, it always has been what is my risk archers okay then i need to wear yeah. chain mail you know yep. um jousting all yeah. right well i want some heavy plate, plate yeah, on you right. know uh i'm gonna be in the woods we had an incident in iraq where we were doing a lot of long-range stuff and all we had were our eagle vests. And no one wanted to accept the risk of us taking off our plates. Yeah. Because we couldn't keep up with our indage. I yeah. mean, but no one wanted to sign off on that. Yeah. And so I'm not going to say how we handled that situation. But uh, we we made the judgment call. Yeah. And and it has to be done. But I think, again, there's, there's side plates. And there's side plates. Most people's experience with those giant seven by eights or six by eights the army issues but if you step into the, the six by sixes they're a lot more manageable to the point where i think they're they're worth it and again currently the plates were issued are, are a bit thicker they're level fours but the new ones we're looking at to get hopefully later this year special threat i'll they're so thin and so light under a pound i'll probably won't ever pull them out mm-hmm. and that's the thing is with armor uh i can tell you so when i first came to the team we only had front plates in our vests this caused me concern because I was like, hey, what <laughs> what if I get shot in the back? And I received the very comforting I received the very comforting advice of, well, if you master our tactics, you'll never get shot in the back. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> all right. No, you guys are ninjas. Yeah, I was I was like, I really just say we didn't have the money for the plates. I'd have felt better. It's a more honest answer. But <laughs> so I ended up wearing sourcing my own plate and uh, sticking it in there. And of course, you know, but I was more comfortable than most guys because they were getting constantly pulled forward that, that single plate. I love the podunk department that you work for. Yeah. Yeah. Podunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's a term for a metropolitan city. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Podunk. Yeah. But again, this goes back to, and again, this is, this is actually not a knock on those guys. Um, actually one of the most senior guys, he's, he's an old, older dude. And he was saying, look, you, you guys figured a lot of stuff because you had the internet. And what he means is back then they couldn't just like say, hey, what's so-and-so doing or, or mm-hmm. reach out to these companies. Yeah. They, had, they had a Gulls catalog that was jealously guarded back, you know, but by certain guys. And, and they couldn't just reach out and get this information. There weren't podcasts with guys saying, hey, get this, yeah. get that. And the exchange of information that was so. We don't realize how. No, I mean, it's yeah. the past, what, 25 years yeah. that we've been slowly but surely yes. getting access to this. You know, we were hanging out with an individual this last weekend or Two days ago. I don't even know what day it is. Um, and he's talking about using a particular kind of pin in a um, an AR that you turn into a sub gun. You're doing an AR-9. You got to right, use right, right. stainless pins because yeah. of yeah, the... Yeah, that, that's right. The hammer pin breakage. Yeah, the, yeah. the hammer pin breakage. 
And, you know, it's one of those things that this guy, he's an older gentleman. He's written several books. That was like this massive knowledge. Now it's like, oh, yeah. Right. Got it right there. Yep. And and I have that knowledge, you know. I mean, it's like when I build something, I have seven or eight different sources that I can just pull up. I'm not like jealously guarding the two books that I have on that subject, you know. Yeah. I mean, I I remember reading – Early days like AR15.com, they're like, why, why is Colt shipping their nine millimeter with these stainless pins? Are they cheaping out? What? I, because nobody knew, and now it's just mm-hmm. common knowledge. I need stainless steel pins because hammer breakage, because it's a blowback gun. Yeah, it's but it's just known now. So it's it, it's not a knock on those guys. They just didn't know and they didn't have access to the information that we do. But so with that, um, I started buying my own plates because well, I was you know young single guy and I I wanted to. You could afford my, it then? I could afford it. Yeah. I could afford it. the yeah. ladies. Yeah, impress the ladies. Hey, chicks, dude, they, they, they want to know what's inside your hair. They want to know what's inside that. They see that JPC, like, ooh. He's big on protection. Oh, this, <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows what he's doing. Well, I don't know. JPC, it says, does he have a lot to protect? And he's slick and light. It says the guy likes to live dangerously. <laughs> but uh, but so I, I but my point being with this stuff is that I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I shouldn't buy the ultra high speed API plates from Velocity. They're like a thousand dollars a piece. I can't afford that. So I bought their middle of the road plates, which are excellent plates, by the way. A few years went by and I was like, all right, well, I need something that's a true sappy cut, which again, now those Velocity P34s are now available in a sappy cut, which is again, with that armor market evolving, they're no longer 10 by 12. They're a true sappy. So you can, cause I wanted a JPC because I wanted to look, you know, like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> so I had to have a JPC. But then I still wouldn't buy the API plates. I'm like, all right. So I spent almost looking at it totally. I could have bought like two sets if I just started. So my point is don't not go out and buy the super expensive plates, but buy right the first time. Yeah, and buy what's don't right sh- for you. And buy what's right for you. Don't short yourself. And don't say, well, you know, Unit X is running around yeah. with this, or yeah. my video game character has this. I mean. Yeah. So well, those video games are, are consulted by Green Berets. I, no, 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 it, are they? it counts I as training. Seals. Yeah. It counts as training. That's all I'm saying. I want to know when they're consulting a SWAT guy for a video game. Isn't there a SWAT game that's out there? Yeah, it's pretty realistic. You stand around for hours on <laughs> <laughs> Sir, please come out of the house. <laughs> so um, that wouldn't be very exciting. Hey, we, <laughs> for good we, gameplay. We, we should get on and do that sometime. Yeah. You know? yeah. All right, let's yeah. do a call out, guys. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, with that too, the other thing of, of chasing what, you know, unit X does is that a lot of those SMUs have the financial ability to absorb a hit and say, eh, we're not doing that anymore. Oh, absolutely. Five yeah. years goes by. Yeah. We're doing something completely yep. different. Three years goes by. Oh, yeah. that doesn't work. Or yeah. shoot, we bought all this stuff and no, it's, it's not me. Yeah. It, it met our last mission, but yep. it's not meeting our current mission. And we can just give it to someone else. Yes, exactly. And it doesn't it doesn't hurt us. Yep. Coming out of the pocketbook. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, even those of us that have infinite, you know, yeah. financial means. Yeah. It's still that's that's taking out of the ramen budget. It, it definitely is, and that and that's the thing too is whether you're buying for yourself, for your family, or, or for your agency, you have to say, okay, what's going to give us five to ten years, or or however long, like most. Manufacturers recommend five-year service life. That being said, I've shot vests, helmets, and, and ballistic shields and plates from, God, the 70s, and they've all held up. That's not saying I wouldn't want to buy something new, but if you buy as good as you can, it's mm-hmm. going to hold it up, especially if you stick with tried and true stuff like Kevlar. There's Now, guys probably don't remember the old, the, what was it, 
Zytel, Zytel Vest. It was not important, but stick with the tried and true stuff. Kevlar is always going to hold up for a long, long, long time. If you're sticking with uh, soft armor and, and, and ceramics, just hold up forever as long as you don't abuse them, outright abuse them. The ceramics have like a listed shelf life. It, they, it depends on yeah. the plate. The plate yeah. does come with an expiration date. Yeah. It should have a manufacturer and an expiration. So usually it goes manufacture date and they have an issue date. Yeah. Because ceramics, as long as they're kept, and we can talk about armor storage too. Uh, no, I think that's an important thing. Yeah. Um, I have a, a vest that is, it's a soft and uh, yeah. hard, but I never stored it correctly. Yeah. I always hung it up. Yeah. You should not hang it And, uh, yeah. you know, now... That vest, the soft armor, yep, has bunching. has bunched up there yep. at the bottom, and so I have to take it out and like try and stretch it, yep. and get it right in the yep. right over. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's a little obnoxious, and it's because how do we hang our armor? We had the little kit tree that we yep. hung our armor on, mm-hmm. and now I mean, again, how many years did we do that? Th- this goes back to what's your mission? I see a lot of on the forums people posting gear trees by their beds as, as mm-hmm. an armed citizen. Okay, you can that. That is going to let you get your kit on faster, but at the expense of, of shorter life on that on mm-hmm. that armor. So maybe it's right for a green bray who's overseas who's going to be able to turn yeah, that, that stuff was in and just get what new I was going to go. Yeah, for, for those mm-hmm. missions or things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. But and that's what I did. We refer to him as a Minman's Cross. Mm. You know, with that, yeah. we'd hang all the stuff. So yeah, while we were there, but at home, even though I use those things overseas, that's not where my body armor is yeah. at home. It's it's laid out, laid flat. Yep. 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 And uh, the only two things that I that'll harm soft armor is just heat and uh, heat and sunlight. So as long as yeah. you keep it out of direct sunlight, and, and I know the house, it's going to last forever. I like having stuff in my car. Yes, but you know it gets warmer. It does. That stuff needs to come in and get put back out. You know you need to unload the bag. This is not verified, but there is concern. With the polyethylene plates, the pure poly plates, mm-hmm. that over time, because again, we're talking police departments who buy one thing and then they're terrible at maintenance. So they buy one thing, they hold on to it for 20 years. That over time, theoretically. Well, well, well anything that's yes. plastic based, yes. it, it's, it's going to. And, that, and that's yeah. the concern is that eventually the, the threat protection will be degraded. Now, again, there haven't been a whole lot of testing on that. I'm yeah. not saying, but that's. Well, it's like uh, we've had a conversation before. You know, we have 1911s that are now over 100 years old yeah. that, that function because it's yeah. metal. Yeah. Is a Glock going to last 100 years? Probably not unless it's, you know, stored. You know, yeah. And I'm not knocking Glocks. It no. is what it is. And that's I, what I, I carry. Have, yeah, yeah. I have plenty yeah. of them. But 100 years of abuse in sunlight? No. Well, yeah. we know we know uh, uh, a gentleman who uh, he bought a Glock 17 in, I think it was yes. yeah. the late 80s, yeah. was it? And he put it through hard use. And, and use it a lot. So then it was, what, five years ago probably? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. His holster failed and it fell. And when it hit the ground, sn- the frame snapped in half. Yeah. And again, not a knock on the Glock, but it's yeah. hard use for a couple of decades. And well, it's it becomes UV, brittle. UV exposure is probably the biggest thing mm-hmm. for poly- yes. polymer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so there you have it. I mean, a 1911 will last 100 years, but might not last 100 rounds in a class. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you just lost some some listeners. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, guys, like angry, like I'm never listening to this podcast ever again. So let's see. We've hit on uh, construction. I don't need a hundred rounds in 1911. <laughs> Forty-five, just one round. You're dead. I'm a bad shot. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bad shot. I need I need all help I can get. So sizing. How do you size armor? Uh, I can tell you, my first set of plates, sized plates that I bought, were too big. 
they were too big because I was like, ah, oh, you know, and this was the time you couldn't just go try stuff on. So I had to go online, look up the size of a sappy plate, and then I had to draw it out on cardboard and then try to hold it up and try to guess. Because <laughs> all we had I literally did the same thing. Yeah, right. But that was like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so. <laughs> so, John, why don't you go ahead and take us through your process? Flynn just talked about how he he did it, but you just did this a year ago. Mm-hmm. What did you do for sizing? How did you get the information that you were looking for? Uh, I I had, I think I used uh, I think the, the website was Bulletproof Me for information for like how to size and mm-hmm. like that and just different various sources of how to measure and, and things yeah. like that and I think I still went a little on the large side yeah but um, what size place did you get Room to Grow Room to Grow that's <laughs> true. Um, I got, I think they were just large. So, ten by, I think they were, t- t- yeah, if they ten were by 12 or t- ten, so 10 by 12 is the weird, like universal size, which is thankfully going away. Um, yeah. They're, they're shooter cut. Yeah. They're, they're like Isapi Yeah. Size. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, it's tough with that stuff. Um, with that, if guys are buying sized plates, one of the things I saw with my team, when we first got our first I call it real armor, but our first correctly sized armor. Because before, again, I like to say we're all victims of our experience. And I like to look at Chris when I say it. But <laughs> 100%. But, like, again, uh, like our team started off. They had, like, a handful of vests. They had a whole bunch of guys. Guys had to share vests. So when you're sizing your armor, you have to size it for the biggest guy. And hey, the smaller guy just has to suck it up. Well, the problem is that cultural memory remained. And so when I came down, like, I'm a medium, and I was wearing an extra large long which is way, way too big for me. I had to, like, crank it all up and have, like, you know, my mother, like, adjust with sewing and then duct tape it yeah. to get it to fit right. So when we when we got these new vests and we made a big... Did you just say your mom still dresses you? No, my mother sews. Yes, dude. Hey, if I need help with sewing something... You go into the expert. I go to the expert. Yeah. I go to my mother. I, I have no shame about that whatsoever. <laughs> None. I do the same thing. It's okay. She fixed my Arcteryx gloves that Arcteryx said they wouldn't work on because they were no longer manufactured. So there's right up. So um, so we got our first real <clears throat> sized vest. We made a big deal. Hey, we're going to get in and get the size. Some guys didn't want to try the vest on. They're like, oh, no, I know what I am. I'm a large. I'm a large. And it was actually my, my partner. God love him. He's like, I'm not a small guy. I'm an XL. I'm like, dude, you're, you're, you're a medium. You're an average size guy. He's like, no, no, my T-shirt. I'm like, got to try it on. <clears throat> Almost had to put a gun to his head to get him trying a large. And then he's like, oh, come on, large. I'm like, dude, I'm t- still too big. Medium. And he was shocked. And I think it was... I think we had two guys who were smalls, two guys who were larges, and everybody else, like 50-some guys, were, were mediums. So I, would, I, I can say with pretty confident thing, you're pr- whoever's listening, you're probably a medium. Just <laughs> probably, depending on where you fall on the scale. But well, I know that you know, I've worn extra large. Yeah. I wear large right now, and yeah. that's too big. Yeah. Uh, 100%, yeah. I know that I should be a medium vest. If you want to really go down the rabbit hole in size and cry, I don't know if they do it now, but they used to offer, they would actually let you pick the front and rear plate bag. So guys would go with like a medium front and a large rear mm. because you don't need the same mobility up front as you yeah. do as yeah. you do in the rear. And I thought that was a pretty pretty neat thing. I, I think I only did it for the CPC and the, and the AVS, but it's a neat theory. But again, sometimes that's getting down in the, in the rabbit holes, down in the weeds. So sizing the thing is too with body armor being so common now try somebody else's on if you come to one of our armor classes we will have armor there for you to try on it will be a medium but 
it will be there for you to try on. There's so many stores selling it now. There's so many people. If you go to a class and you don't have armor, I guarantee you someone has something in their car. So try it on. Try out the carrier. Try it. See how it feels. That's really, ultimately, I can make all the recommendations I want. But until you try it on, you're not going to know what really again, that, fits That's you. one of the advantages of our yes. seminars, our yes, workshops, or coming to classes. Yeah. So you can yeah. get that experience. I think we actually did one of the... Uh, one of the open enrollment uh, government CP classes we did out of that shoot house. Yeah. We actually had a student, and he was like, oh, I've always wanted to try uh, whatever vest. I was like, well, lucky I have one. And he rolled through the class with my hat and my vest on. Or not my hat, my helmet and my vest, my airframe. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely getting this. So it, it, yeah. it was able to like say, hey, this is worth worth the money. Um, people love like oh, tre- yeah. letting oh, you try out their gear. Yes. They oh, yeah. love it. It's this yeah. validation of ownership (laughs) it it, it absolutely is uh i will caution you though certain things you should not try on because once you try it on you'll never be able to go back (laughs) we we had a student over the weekend who he bought for himself seven alphas alphas because that's what he used back in the day when he was in the army oh god and he's been to i think three nvd Mm -hmm. classes he's refused because you know this is this is what i use then he finally put on uh some duels some modern duels, and yeah. guess, guess what he wants to buy now? Uh, uh, there's a saying, luxury once tasted becomes necessity. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't let anybody shoot my, my SR-15. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's not many Gucci guns I like. The SR-15 is, it's like the Ferrari of M4s. It really is. You know, I'm a Colt guy, but that's like the Toyota Tacoma. It like poisons you. You're like, <laughs> oh, my God, everything's so smooth and tuned. So, so that goes with sizing. Um. After armor selection, you pick the plate. Again, like I would say, you pick the plate, pick the armor you want first. You've got to figure out what carrier you want because the carrier, they do vastly different things. Um, I personally went from – so, again, when I started, we were using two systems. We used our, our big, great big Michelin man vest for a lot of things, and then we'd use plate carriers for, like, active killer. Mm-hmm. And then as that evolved, we are like, oh, hey, this is probably good for bus assaults, hostage things on buses. And it kept evolving. So now at the point where we were using a half and half, and now in the future we're moving towards a single system for everything. That's easier logistically for us. As an armed citizen, you can really tailor. And actually, I can't say we use one vest because I still have a concealed vest that I use for certain things. So try to make it universal as much as possible. My point being, my first plate carrier was issued. It was some, I, I still don't know what to call it. It was made by... <clears throat> one of the famous uh, uh, magazine brands, you know, 511. And uh, I remember going home and Googling plate care because, again, I knew nothing about this stuff. And I was looking at all the pictures, and this is like 2012. I'm like, nothing else here looks like what I'm holding in my hands. It was made of, like, mesh nylon and mm-hmm. a sticker to put the, the plate in. It was, it was bad. It was like two pillowcases with, with side straps, not even a comfort. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was bad. I think I looked up the cost, and I was like, this thing costs like $25. I'm looking at, like, again, this was a while ago. I'm looking at, like... The the Eagle Arbabs and the uh, uh-huh. the, the LBT so like these are all cost like two or three hundred dollars. I don't think this fifty dollar product is the same league. So I ended up again trying to go cheap. I, I bought a, a shellback banshee, which is a good solid plate care, but the problem is at the time the shoulder pads were a bit thicker, so I had trouble mounting my rifle. So I was like, oh okay, I got like a first spear beat up when they were selling those, and then I was like, all right, this is nice, but I want something that's got a bit more structure because I'm carrying more stuff because we're using plate carriers more, and I got a JPC. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is all I'm ever going to need. And then the problem is after that, we started using them more and more. So I needed – the JPC was great 
for what we were originally using it for, for active killer. So I had a couple of mags, radio, like first aid kit, and, and some bangs, and that's it because that's all we were using it for. But then I was like, oh, I need side plates. So I got side plates. Well, as you start loading that JPC up more and more and more, mm -hmm. it becomes less and less comfortable. You throw on, then we uh, experienced a period of civil unrest for about two weeks. We were living out of our stuff. And so I've had like my little uh, zip-on back panel with like, you know, a rain jacket and spare batteries. Like, you know, it's not bad, but I feel like something could be better, which eventually led me to go to the AVS, which is a bit more. So I'm not saying one of those is better than the other, but... If all you want is a, is a front and rear plate and a couple of mags, a nice, slick, low-profile low plate carrier is a great choice. If you need to carry a whole bunch of sustainment gear, you probably want to go something a bit more supportive. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's the thing is, is again, oh, uh, you know, XY unit uses this. Okay, yes, but for what? So what is your role as, as an armed citizen or even as a police officer? Like, what's right for me on a full-time TAC unit? is not what I would use as a, as a patrolman responding to active killer. It's because active killer I've got to have something I can throw on over my uniform. It's going to be light and fast and really just has the bare minimum. Me, I've got to carry all the, all the extra stuff that's required. And same thing for an armed citizen. What are you putting in it? What are you carrying? What's right for, for a Green Beret might not be right for the armed citizen. Yeah. The best way I figured out when I put all my, <laughs> my crap on my plate carrier and I put the rifle on with the sling on it, I was like, oh, this is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. sling just shows you everything that's yeah. that's yeah. out of place and it's yep. going to be a problem. Yep. Same with mounting radios, things like that. If you're going to use comms as an armed citizen, which you, which you absolutely should. Yeah, but that goes back to, to scalability. It is picking the carrier. So that, I think, is, is one of the key things, yeah. is, is scalability. Yeah. Um, and that's, I know when... when the, I first started wearing armor. You, you couldn't. It's a, yeah. it's a one yep. and done yep. thing. Yep. But now with yeah. the modern thinking yes. and, and and there's so many options out there, you can scale it up and down depending on what your situation what is. What you're doing. Yep. And I'd say one of the best companies for that is, is Velocity Systems because they make a full range of chest rigs, plate carriers, armor carriers. You can scale up, scale down. Um, so we talk about overt versus uh, – yeah, b before you go on, yeah. I just, uh, another another company, a lot smaller, obviously, yes. velocity, is UW Gear. Yes. UW yeah. Gear, because yep. one thing that they'll do is they will make custom stuff yes. for you and yep. what you need. They're mm -hmm. they're pretty good guys. I think they're out of Florida. Right. Yeah. yeah. And no matter who you use, like, what's right for you and what's going to be responsible for you. If you have very specific needs and you need custom stuff, find yeah. a company who's going to respond to your, your needs. Don't just go... Well, that's what whoever uses, or, or if you're an agency customer, that's what we've always done. Don't fall into that trap. But there's uh, there's overt, and then what I call like less than overt because it's not really covert. You can't really be covert with armor. You can be, but you know we want something scalable. So lower profile. Lower profile. Not low pro, not but low lower pro. lower your profile. Yes, exactly. So like you're not in an undercover car. You're in an unmarked car. It's not super obvious. It's just you know. It's uh, obvious anybody who's always really the looking. wheels. Yeah, always the oh, wheels. Yeah. If they don't have hubcaps, it's a yeah, police it's a car. Police car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's more of a giveaway than the, uh, the spotlight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, with that, you've got to figure what you want. Again, like we've said, as an armed citizen, you might want to go from, "Hey, I want a soft armor rig that I can go to the grocery store in." As as things get bad, you know. Money's tighter. We're having inflation, things like that. And, and, and what just happened with that hack? Yeah. Now we lost what a quarter production of our of our yeah. beef in the country. So you know, tempers flare. People, you know, get, get get irrational. And you want something that's going to you can fit under a shirt when mm -hmm. you go into. But at the same time, 
you walk into the grocery store wearing a you know full battle rattle, even without the rifle, you're still drawing attention. Yeah. And you're saying, hey, I'm somebody who has something worth stealing. So maybe being not as obvious is a better yep. choice. So you want it, something that can go from that all the way up to... It, it's kind of like um, open carrying. Yes, yeah. I'm all yes. for the constitutional yes. right. Yes, you have the right to. Yes. But as soon as you open carry, now you yeah. just made yourself a target. Yep. Especially with that Serpa holster. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Serpas and XDs and open carrying, but it's just a... Yeah. It's like yes. a trifecta. <laughs> and I... Talking the XD. Yeah. Maybe two weeks ago? Yeah. I was in Walmart and an individual had an XD and a Serpa holster. And of course, I queue in on it and I look at the back and yeah, the the firing pin indicator is down. He yep. doesn't even have round chambered. And so it's like... So it's just a fashion accessory. Yeah. You're just telling everyone how cool you are. I got my first gun. Maybe he's yeah. one of the, uh, the empty chamber guys. Well, the Israelis Carry, do it. Yeah, yeah. The Israelis do which, it. Which goes back to, why did the Israelis do it? <clears throat> Conscript Army. Conscript Army. Makes sense. Hey. Lowest lowest common denominator. But again, it works for them because it meets a certain... Ooh. Talking about Israelis, did you see the pictures of um, Cruz in Israel? No, no, I heard he went there. I so, yeah, Cru- Cruz is in Israel, and um, he puts him up on his Instagram. And his little Israeli escort, they've got him talking to some guy, and that guy's got a, uh, what's a plastic um, toy gun that they have? Yeah, uh, yeah, Tavor. Toyvor? Toyvor. Toyvor, yeah. Um, but the guys that are actually there as his, like, PSD oh, from. They had an M4s? They had M4s. <laughs> no. Now they were very well used in force. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they A2, needed A twos. They, well, I don't A1s. know. They, they needed some bluing redone on them, but yeah, um, yeah. I'm sitting there, I'm like, uh-huh. small chuckle, yeah. small chuckle. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but again, these Israel- like we've been talking about this whole podcast. They're they're doing it for a reason, and there is a legitimate reason. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bring up from my own past the uh, the shotgun. Shotguns are carried, you know, crews are ready. Why are shotguns carried on an empty chamber? Because they're not drop safe. That's a very specific reason to carry empty chamber. And before you don't need to do that, but there's a reason why you do it with shotguns. Yep. And there's a very valid reason. Same thing with the Israelis. If you had, I think everybody in the country has to go. It's, yes. It's yeah. uniform conscription, right? So yes. if everybody's got to carry a gun and you've got a variety of safety issues, well, okay, empty chamber carry. And then they train around it. And, but, and, and because of that, again, we didn't know till yeah. I worked with them over there yeah. that their most experienced uh, non-commissioned people, it's like two and a half years, wow. three years, that's it. Wow. Um, if you're going to stay in longer, then uh, you can become an officer. Right. So, again, it goes back to all that we've been talking about. <clears throat> so, yeah, so with scalability with overt versus less than overt, ideally you'd have some sort of a two tiered system i like the idea of just a like i said a cop a cop vest but a concealable soft vest i can just toss in a t-shirt that's not obvious at all but if you want to do something like they made the uh concealed carry uh the slick carriers for what what, what was it the balsas vest the eagle mm-hmm. they made they made those slick carriers you can mm-hmm. throw a chest rigger on over top something like that again it's not going to be hidden but it's going to be less obvious and you can run plates in that and again Big hoodie, whatever. Again, the whole goal is not to be invisible. It's to be not shout, hey, I'm over here wearing body armor. And again, it gives you those options. Same thing with rolling with a chest rig. The nice thing with having that chest rig is you can go from just rolling around your property with a chest rig on or even a class if it gets hot to, okay, now I'm going to do a chest rig with armor to, you know, everything in between. So it gives you those 
those options. That's really what you need, especially when you're self-funding your your equipment. Well, how, how would you set up like a general home defense plate carrier or even would you use a plate carrier? I, I would probably use something like, uh, again, we, if you want to talk saving money, buying an Eagle Arbav or, or uh, oh God, who else made it? A couple of other companies made it. But it's, it's that balsas cut armor you can get it for. You can get the carriers cheap on eBay because they're all surplus now. Because if I'm not going places, I'm at home. I want soft armor coverage and you, rifle protection. You know what I did? I was deployed in 2010. Yeah. And uh, so we had our big Eagle yeah. assault vests. So because I was running with ISOF and they had yeah. connections with the local whatever, Yeah. Um, I purchased for 20 American dollars two knockoffs. Cut the same. Yeah. just cheaper materials and everything. Yep. So... Th- so then I have used those where I've had the, the soft armor yeah. slides right yep. in and, and the, the plates. So I, I picked up, you know, functional vests that, yep. you know, are good for what they are. And that's and that's the great thing about going with standardized stuff. It's not that military stuff is the best, but it is a standard. Yeah. So if I buy a sappy plate cut, I know that any plate carrier is going to fit it, especially whether it's something real slim and footprinted like a JPC or something that's got a bit more wiggle room like a, like an LBT, the uh, – the one everybody uses, six zero nine four or something like that, or the or the Mayflower APC. It's all going to fit. If it's designed to accommodate a sappy, it'll always accommodate a sappy. Yeah, and yeah. if it's other plate sizes, it's the same thing too. If you get a Balsas cut vest, you can find the the armor, whether new from a company like Velocity or I think First Spear, and it'll all slide right in whatever carry you choose to go. So going with those standards is is good. So for me, my home defense setup is a, is a Velocity L-Pack, which is like a big concealment cut vest. So it's meant to be worn externally, but can be worn concealed. It's got those soft edges, the, the rounded edges. That with, with rifle plates, and then I've got a uh, I've got a little pocket I can toss a cell phone in, and then a, a couple of mags, and that's that's pretty much it in a handheld light. And that's that's my home defense rig I like, because again, you're, you're at home. You're not going places. So like Chris talked about, wait, have your plates, have your soft armor. There's no reason to take any more risk than you have to. Is is what I would do, if that was me. And you know, we keep going back to the prevalence of this stuff. Yes. And the price of this stuff. It yeah. is. It is getting to a point. I have a family of six. Yeah. It's not unrealistic in a year's time that I could have equipment for every member of my family. If. Yeah. And it, you know it's. If you're thinking along these lines that you need body armor, what about your wife? What about your yeah. partner who's going to be clearing the rest of the house with yeah. you? Um, what are the children doing? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've talked about the ballistic blanket. They they have something. We, we have some uh, clients that we've talked to about doing large sheets of AR-500 mm-hmm. and armoring certain parts of their home. So when thinking about the home defense situation, it's not just necessarily body armor. There's other armor you can do. Uh, there are other materials. You know, the, the joke about having the armored door but having the drywall next to it. Yeah. Okay. Have You can find the solution for your your house and, and your situation. There's a lot of different things that you can do. Um, setting your home up so that it is more defensible. We have that class about, you know, home defense. Yeah. Uh, it's a seminar based on these where we talk about improvised stuff. Um, there is a big rabbit hole that you guys can go down in trying to 
better your situation. Yeah. And it's the old adage, you're always improving the foxhole. You're going to fill one more sandbag. You know, you're going to go ahead and clear a little bit more brush. You're going to make that grenade channel, uh, make that rain slope. You're always making it better. It's always that, that layer system. It's an, yeah. it's an onion, you it know. Uh, like you're saying, start something simple where you've got that concealable soft armor that you can then upgrade. Uh, cool thing about that is you're buying it in pieces. So yep. You might be able to hide it from the wife a little bit more. Uh, th- th- those dollar bills going out the door. Oh, I've had this for years. Yeah, I it's mean, just been you, in a box. You didn't know about that? Oh, <laughs> but um, do your research. Yeah, and uh, avoid the Instagrams. Yeah, just because yeah. you see it out there. Black multicam. Black multicam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, what I just liked before we started the podcast. Literally, I, I like pen cut camo as you can sure you guys know Penkite just put up a post that had three girls in in various dresses and skirts so out of, out of pen cotton yeah P- pretty ridiculous but yeah i liked it <laughs> hey camouflage for its environment <laughs> yes right. uh, and you know if that environment is to make a a a certain statement like you want to wear uh bright orange and teal uh tiger stripe you're making a statement Okay. Um, <laughs> what are you trying to hide in? I don't know. But uh, do your research. Find out what's right for you. And on that, do the mission analysis. Yeah. Who are you? What do you think you need to do? Uh, we've got a, a seminar coming up, uh, the risk mitigation uh, course, where we talk about a lot of this, where yeah. we talk about doing that mission analysis so you can find out what those threats are. You can actually put them down on paper and then start to put positives in the negative column. So body armor is one of those. And help you identify what is the body armor that I need. Yeah. Do I need that full, you know, uh, bomb suit from, uh, what is it, Rainbow Six whatever? Uh, or do I need... The juggernaut. The juggernaut. Yeah. Or do I need just some soft body armor yeah. that I can... Go to the grocery store. That's what I'd start with. Again, I've read some articles from a guy who was, uh, I think he's, I can't remember if it's Argentina or Venezuela, probably Venezuela. And he was talking about how the two things that are most useful as they began to have a breakdown of social order were a concealable soft vest and a pistol. Because going to the grocery store with a rifle means you've got to watch your back the whole time. And it's, and it's going pairs. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. So he said having a pistol, having a concealed vest really was much more useful to him than I think he had an FAL or something that like he had a, with a license. That's concealable. Yeah, it's con- yeah, yeah. It's something that's concealable keeps you a low profile because you don't want to end up looking like a target. Because I'm sure you guys can say what happens when you look like a target. Mm-hmm. Oh, we used to say this all the time that if you want to get in a gunfight, roll out in Humvees. If you want to get to the objective, take a gravel truck. Mm, yeah, because if you don't look like you're SF guys going out to hit targets, you're going to get to the objective. You might get in a gunfight at the objective, but uh, right, you'll at least get there, and the guy will probably be there. But if you're driving around in gun trucks, yep, they know you're coming. I, so. I always call it, again, in my world, I was caught, hey, I'm not a cop. Wink. You can't see my cool wink that I just did. But <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I think I sent the picture. We were doing uh, some stuff. We were part of the visible. Presence. Uh, presence, and uh, we were at a... Uh, major event and the uh 
another agent was there. They were the low-vis guys, and they were all wearing uh, blue jeans with Coyote Solomon Quest boots. <laughs> I was like, hey, I thought you guys weren't supposed to be in uniform. <laughs> and it's, it's the same thing. Uh, I, it goes back, I think the first time I got to be like movies, uh, Die Hard 3, where the guys are in the bank, and he mm-hmm. looks down, and he sees they're all wearing combat boots with suits. Don't be that guy. Be actually low-profile. A good, uh, a good friend, my old. But, but on that, yeah, Solomon's yes. are the style. They are the style. Just don't wear the coyote brown ones. Wear the, wear the regular civilian ones. Don't wear the coyote brown ones. That's that's what's going to be a giveaway. Although I did, my old partner went to an advanced sniper school, and they were had their low vis infiltration in an urban area, and they were like, no Sunto watches, no Oakley sunglasses, <laughs> and no Solomon boots. It's an automatic fail. But, you know, you do have to know the environment because, mm, yep. again, same, similar type of event. Uh, I saw a lot of Arc'teryx. Arc'teryx is good cold weather gear. That being said, I saw a guy wearing a multicam Arc'teryx Alpha Gore-Tex with the little loop fields on the uh, mm-hmm. thing. And that's what a local federal agency wears. And I was like, what's up, agent? And he was like, uh, uh, uh. Give me the, the confused well, look. I'm like, dude, it's the, the jackets again. It's like eight hundred dollar rain jacket. Well, there's uh-huh. a leaf. Multi-cam. There's Arcteryx yes, leaf. There's leaf. There's Arcteryx, Arcteryx, Arcteryx yes, civilian yes. stuff. Yes. I'm a big fan of a lot of Arcteryx civilian stuff, and Arcteryx leaf. But never the two meet. One stays in one part of my life. The other stays, you know, in the in the public part. That, that reminds me. I was um, years ago attending uh, Kyle Lamb mm-hmm. uh, Leadership in the Shadows uh, seminar, day long seminar. It was great, phenomenal, and I was wearing. The gray uh, was was, was PCU seven. Yeah, PC, yeah, exactly. So uh, just wearing that as a jacket because it's kind of cold. And uh, is civilians were all there, big open enrollment thing. So he's walking down the aisle talking, and then he stops, looks at me, reaches his hand out, and like kind of rubs it. And he's like, "You're someone who's been somewhere." And then he, he walked. I'm like, "Oh, I guess I am." Kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not really hiding in plain sight, am I? Yeah. And it goes back to it's a total system. I mean, if you're a Green Beret overseas and you're, you're going to hit a, a target, and a, would it be a direct action role? Mm-hmm. You're going to dress one way. Yeah. If you're going to do some, some special reconnaissance surveillance, you're yeah. going to dress another way. It's, it's knowing the role that you're going to do. Definitely. And being able to identify that and not do – we made the joke about, oh, it's a CIA starter kit. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You yeah. have the, the nylon slacks yep. and the you know button-up shirts and – yeah, your CIA star kick. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Don't buy Columbia. <laughs> yeah. Don't buy Columbia. Now I'm dating myself there. Showing, you yeah. Know, yeah. Columbia was the thing then. But uh, well, for my place, you know, I, I have uh, my go-to is a, an AR in case there's a home invasion. And then I have the only um, – it's really the only mags that I have that are the two of them clipped together. So I've got an am- ammunition selection right away. But then I have soft armor. And I have a uh, basically a chest rig ready to throw over top of that yep. if I have the time and mm-hmm. that's, if yep. that's what it calls for. At the same time, I have the option just because of you know who I am. I have my work uh, vest, my my cry. Yeah. And uh, since my last trip, I my primary was the Scar Heavy. It's still set up, but now yep. I just have my FNFL mags staged in it. So <laughs> yeah. so if it requires, I can throw that thing on and, and run with my foul. But but yep. usually, it, I mean. The most realistic thing is that soft armor yeah. with a with a chest rig. Yeah, and again, it's uh, you have to know what you're doing. I I relate a thing. Or, yeah, 
I, uh, I was talking to a younger patrol guy who's in our patrol rifle program, and he showed me his active shooter setup. I thought it was pretty good, except his helmet was uh, was a black version of what we wear, and he uh, he had ear pro on the rails. And I was like, hey man, like you know, I'm not gonna bag on you for for not you know, but wouldn't an ACH serve you better? Like you, you know, who are you talking to? He's oh well, these are ear pro only, and he said I want to protect my hearing. And I was like. I can't actually disagree with that. Like, he's right. He's going to throw it on, click his ear pro down, mm-hmm. and because he's rolling a shoulder mic. So why should he blow his hearing out with an ACH when he's got the availability of, of the ear pro? That's not, I know we just said the ACH, but I'm saying, like, he's got to consider rapid response grabbing out of his trunk. I, yeah. I thought he had a great solution. It wasn't, he wasn't LARPing, as we well, say. He had a good solution. He, he has a ballistic helmet. Yes, he has a ballistic helmet. And so when I talk to the ACH. And it wasn't Chineseium. Yeah, I'm saying ACH over a bump helmet. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. It, or, or, or a junk Yeah, if you're If you helmet, have yeah. $1,000 or $1,200 yeah, to spend on an op score. Yeah. And, I mean, that's in your budget. Get an op score. Yeah. Get an op score. Get the the... Uh, detachable earbud or ear earphones that clip yeah. down in. Don't get the Chinese ones. No. Uh, we had a guy that was doing. We were doing free fall, and we'd all got them, but his team hadn't got them, and so he ordered mm. them off of Amazon for like mm-hmm. thirty dollars. Oh, and we're sitting there like, you know, the ones that we got were like a hundred and ninety. Oh, these yeah. are thirty dollars, and then suddenly his peltors are yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I guess there is a difference between what's worn for airsoft and what's worn for uh, actual. Yes. Yes. But I thought that was a great thought process of, well, I want to protect my hearing. Mm-hmm. Because, like we've talked about, PP is more than just body armor. Yes. Yeah. So I, I like, that's, that's and genius. And, you know, you have Peltors. I, I've had the conversation with people like, oh, I don't like the, the Peltors. I don't, I don't want to wear Peltors in the woods. Because I've heard guys say that it, it, it shuts down my situational awareness. That's a guy who hasn't really worn peltors. Yeah, and I'm like, I wear peltors in the woods sometimes when I just go do land nav because I have more situational awareness. Those mics are sensitive, and they pick stuff up. Yeah, and they're directional. So if I hear it on the right side, it's still on the right side. I've always kind of felt that the, the electronic hearing pro is kind of like wearing night vision, like. You've got to, like, it does have some hearing stuff, but once you wear it a whole lot, you kind of know, okay, it sounds, but mm-hmm. I can tell that it's actually well, over here. And on that, if you've only ever worn the, like, $50. Yes. You yeah, know, there's a big difference. There is a difference. It, yeah. It's, well, why do, you, why do I need to spend $400 for yeah. a set of Peltors? Yeah. It's weather resistant. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, it, it does have better microphones and better sensory. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a purpose behind it. There is, there is. So, but swinging back to body armor, there's some specialty stuff. Like we talked about the, uh, we may mention the DAPS, the Del, mm-hmm. the deltoid axial air protectors, the bicep armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys ever wear those overseas? No, I, I've worn it um, doing force on force. Yeah, I've taken one that I found and I stuffed it down my pants to uh, protect. It fit okay. Yeah, in a yeah. pinch. Um, Obviously, I, I almost said so. Johnson use it to protect his Johnson. But that's just that's just a little too corny. Uh, so, yeah. so, so yeah. About this. Yeah. we can edit that one out. But. No, I think you should leave that. I'm yeah. gonna amplify it. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're obviously big in the police world. The DAPS. Um, that being said, knowing like again pushing tactics over equipment, uh, one of the one of the incidents that led to their widespread adoption was down south. These guys made uh, entry on a barricaded subject. 
Um, there was no hostages. Typically, we don't want to make entry, you know, with if there's no hostages. And a uh, bad guy was waiting for him and just caught both guys through the bicep into the into the heart with, with whatever rifle or whatever he was using. I think it was actually a shotgun with, with a tight choke and killed two guys. And so the response was, oh, well, we need to wear daps, not, hey, maybe we shouldn't have made made entry on a guy lying in wait with a gun when there's no hostages. So, again, it's like uh, I know Cry has done the, uh, the ballistic diapers before. Like, just... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you oh, know what I'm talking I about. Got, yeah. I was issued one of those, and yeah. all of us took one looking and we're like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. And again, it's okay, sure, but what am I going to wear that for? What am I putting it on? Uh, the big thing that we have against, I shouldn't say we, many have against the DAPs is that it affects your shooting. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, we've run guys on shot timers, and there's a big market difference between DAPs and no DAPs. So I'm not saying don't wear them, but I'm saying if you are going to wear them, Scal- you, gotta, you have to train with it. And, and scalability for us, for mm-hmm. hostage rescue missions, if it's confirmed hostages, boop, those things are coming off and because and, that's a different mission set. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's funny how trends go. Back in the 90s, guys tried to dress like uh, SWAT guys. And now it's you know all the experience of, of the GWAT. Now you have guys dressing more like Green Berets. And I think there can be a middle ground where I think SWAT is too heavy. I think for a lot of citizen purposes, the, the Green Berets might be too light, and so you have to assess your, your mission. Um, there's also the groin protectors, which I don't think anybody... Nobody's ever shown up to a class wearing a groin protector, have they? I've never seen anybody. I, I, yeah. I can't... Yeah. No. No. Somebody did. Somebody... Yes. I mean, like the nut yes. flap, right? Yes. Yes. Flap, yeah. Somebody yeah. last year did. Um, they showed up to a rifle class, and they were like almost as bad as the juggernaut they had all kinds of stuff Oof. and I, I commented to him like to start with you don't have to wear all that stuff you know start slick he's like no i want to train like i fight and uh so okay i didn't know you were fighting but all right i'm, I'm glad you're here in class and uh i think he ditched most of that after the first hour yeah 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 so i can think of one yeah. person who did come with a with a nut flap yeah um and and on that though we're talking about coverage uh, a lot of people like the danglers the dangler pouches they are making armored danglers now. If I'm already going to have a pouch hanging there, hmm. why not have a soft armor backer in that pouch? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's already there. Yeah. So that's that, again. That reminds me. I mean, yeah. again, this is, I'm an old man. Ten years ago or more, um, when all the really wide pistol belts started coming yeah. in with like the padding. Yeah. One of the reasons why guys were going to that is because they were taking soft armor. They're taking Kevlar yeah. and putting it in in there. So that belt then was some yeah. um Ballistic protection. The idea is you've got to wear it anyway. Yeah. You may as well have some ballistic uh, capability. Yeah. So same thing to the old. Uh, it's funny to see how trends come back around. The old eagle, eagle vests used to have ballistic shoulder straps for a while. Uh huh. And now, recently, I can tell you our most recent vest purchase from uh, vest purchase from Velocity Systems, they're making us ballistic shoulder straps, and, and Cry is making ballistic shoulder straps as well. So it's just like, hey, we're gonna have shoulder pads anyway. May as well slip a little thin armor in there, mm-hmm. and, and you know. It's better than nothing. You know, I want to jump back to what you just said, Jared, about guys saying they want to train like they fight. And so someone shows up to class and they want to wear all their kit. Yeah. And I, one, I'm a big, big believer. You need to know where your stuff is and you need to train, train with it and understand it. But if you're coming to a basic rifle class. Exactly. That's not the place. Yeah. That is not the place to try your stuff out for the first time. It's like I said earlier, the, you get that kit. 
You mow the lawn wearing it. Yeah. You walk the dog wearing it. Yeah. You wear it for several hours. You don't want the first time you wear that thing for anything more than 20 minutes to be at a rifle class yeah. where you're really trying to get good Learn. at yeah. at that manual of arms. And now you're getting fatigued and broken down because you're wearing this, this armor. And by the second day, your back is killing you because you're working muscles that you don't normally work. Yep. And your shooting is suffering. And that means your education is suffering. There are times, there are times in our, uh, you know, our level two classes or our level three classes where you do wear that body armor. You do wear it for those times. Uh, and you do go through the manual of arms of feeding the belt from the rig and, and feeding the gun from the belt and, and practicing all of those things. But there is a time and place for it. Yeah. We always, on the team, if we weren't doing a stress test, if we were working on techniques, we'd always start slick because you have to get that technique down and then start adding to the problem and then start putting layers on. You don't just, you don't just go full retard. Yeah. Uh, again, I mean, you look at professional sports teams. 100%. NFL, do they do every drill in, in full pads? Nope. Nope. Because it starts taking away. At some mm-hmm. point, it loses something. When we did a, a Safawa class in 2020, mm-hmm. I attended as a student. And I stayed slick most of the time because I was there to work on on my shooting, not on my kit wearing. However, there were drills where we needed to wear a full kit. And at the same time, if you want to take that class as an opportunity or a bit higher level to shake out your kit, it's a good opportunity. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're there for the basics, you got to learn the uh, learn the basics. We used to spend every single training day on the team in full kit, like ev- all day. And then, and I, I I'll I'll say it, it, you get more out of wearing that do. kit doing housework. Yeah, it's a doing fact. your laundry. Yeah. Because what are you doing when you're doing your laundry? You're bending yep. over, you're standing up. Yep. You know, you're gathering things in your arms. You're gonna find flaws in that yeah. system. And then you're not wasting that training time that you're supposed to be yes. focusing on something else. Uh, John, we expect a full report from you after you go home and you start doing the laundry and everything in kit and see what your wife has to say about that. <laughs> she already thinks I'm weird enough. It's not gonna <laughs> yeah. make it. Yeah. Well she's stuck now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm like as is me. Too bad. Um, what, what Chris was saying about you know using muscles you haven't used before. I mean, you can really mess up your back. Oh yeah, with a full oh, armor yeah. kit because you don't realize it's another thirty pounds on your upper body and your lower back is like whoa 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 whoa. And you can and that's that's like back injuries are permanent. It's like, it's it, not going to go away. I, I'm sure in, in in your world, but definitely mine. We had a whole spate of of guys going down from back injuries. Like a lot of a lot of career guys, because their backs just got messed up, and I think part of it was the weight of the equipment. Also, part of it was just having a front plate only, just pulling them forward constantly. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's it's. I would wear two plates, and guys couldn't understand how I was more comfortable. It's because at least I was wearing more weight, but I was balanced, and it's it's tough. I, I know uh, a guy who was a uh, on the team for about four years older than me, who was kind of like a, a semi like you know like older brother type on the team. He had to leave because he just had his back was so jacked up from from wearing his vest that that way. So and it's it's what was it's core and back to support that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the like the, the muscles are surround yep. your spine and yeah. have to be conditioned. But that's a, something that I think is neglected in a lot of the training community. Yeah. As a whole, is like well, I, have a, I have a rifle. What do I need? To, <laughs> I don't have to run. That's Dude, the whole point. I've, I've spent a lot of more time running than I have shooting right, exactly. on operations. So, but like you know, a lot of people neglect their physical fitness yes. because they. Yes, they're concentrating on a gear acquisition. Yep. And the, the other thing is, it's it's fun to get online and buy 
Oh yeah, it's easy. Gear, it's instant, it's right? it's fun instant. to do. How important PT is and physical conditioning. <laughs> That's, have you seen uh, was it uh, Zombieland? Yeah, yeah. Rolling cardio. Cardio. Yeah, yeah. Again, there's there's not a downside. So so I think one of the the key things that you need to remember: body armor is not that yep. that magic shield. Yes. you don't put it on. It's not. I now have plus five body armor. It it is just going to give you something if there is a mistake yes and it's not a guarantee no um should you have it absolutely uh especially there it's not cost prohibitive anymore it, it's it's available to purchase think about it do your research find out what you need and put it into your your uh your everyday life yeah think about how how am i going to store this where is this going to go uh do all that assessment Get it and use it. Yeah. Put it on and try it out and see what you can do. But, yeah, I think this is a lot of information. It's This, again, this is almost information overload. We could do an entire podcast. Just, we, we just did. No, no, I mean like an oh, actual okay. dedicated armor podcast just talking about armor. Basically, there's uh, <clears throat> it's almost like when we did the AR build thing about mm-hmm. lowers. <clears throat> I can tell you a couple of companies that are very high end. I can tell you some to avoid, and the rest in the middle is. It's yeah. really you know it depends on your budget. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so basically, avoid anything made overseas, and everything else is just. And you know, how it, much money it's you not just spend. because you should be buying in America, no, yeah. but because there are there are industry yes. standards yes. that they're held to. Yes, and like anything, if you have that industry standard, that data to fall back on, uh, you know, when we talk about well, it's mill spec. What does that mean? It means that it meets a standard. Yep. Are, is there better stuff out there? Absolutely. Just because it's mill spec doesn't mean it's the best, but it means that it has been held to a standard and that it has passed something and that you can go ahead and look up that data yes. and read it for yourself and see what it, it does. Um, don't get sucked into the flashy stuff. No. That, that's a big thing. It, polymer plates, mission specific. Um, if... That mission is well. I'm I'm a short, fat guy who doesn't like walking upstairs. Maybe get skinnier. Sh- maybe, maybe well, I'm not gonna say you should get skinnier, but uh, maybe you should uh, walk upstairs more. You know, with, with, with your free. armor on. Yeah, with your, with armor, your armor on. on. Yeah, but yeah. So that's only I want to talk about. Actually, I am not a fan of PTing in armor. I think you can do a lot of damage to yourself working out in armor. We've had this conversation. Yes. As, yes. as someone who has worked out in yes. armor a lot. Yeah. And now has a lot of injuries. We're sitting here talking about back problems, and I'm yeah. I keep stretching my lower back because yeah. I have a lot of back problems, hip problems, knee problems, and I think it is related strongly to the fact yeah. that I spent 20 years wearing body armor and being that young guy yeah. in group. Yeah, I'm gonna put my full kit on and I'm gonna go yeah. do a run because you look cool running down uh, Tennessee Avenue wearing your plate carrier with a beard and passing formations you know you feel really good about yourself when you're 32 yeah when you're 43 uh, not a good idea avoid working out in armor work out safely and when like we said do normal daily tasks wearing your armor to test it out don't go to the gym and do deadlifts in your armor no that's you're asking for problems laundry mowing the lawn no problem deadlifts and squats you're asking for problems. Yep. Have some comments. Deadlifts are dangerous enough as it is. Yes. <laughs> to make it worse. 
<laughs> deadlifts are the greatest thing ever. If, oh, they're amazing. If you have someone coaching you that knows right. what they're doing. In a mirror. <laughs> All right, so any closing thoughts on, on armor, carriers, things like that, Jared? Stop being poor and get some. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you don't have to be, I mean, rich to get it. No, that's that's my thing. Yeah. Is it's a very easy thing once you identify and go through the process uh, and just budget it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of this stuff we're talking is you can outfit yourself less than buying a mid-range AR-15. Yeah. If you get Easily. A, if you got a decent, you can get the carrier first, get the armor after that. I mean, it's it's... I mean, obviously, pick what you want first, and then and then, then piece slowly it out, piece it yes. together. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if for no other reason than just if you take rifle classes, you're probably going to get yes. muzzled at some point. I've taken, I've taken classes before meeting Jared and Eltec. I get muzzled at least probably twice every class because there are just people everywhere, not enough instructors. And they're all beginners, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, it's it is PPE. You should have it if you're if you're going to be handling rifles around other people. And again, how many rifles do you really need? I don't say that from like, oh, nobody needs that many guns. But if your goal is to be a prepared person, do you need six rifles and eight handguns and a carry rotation it's, and all that? It's just what we've been, you know, we yeah. preach all the time: being well-rounded. Yep. And that is part of being that well-rounded uh, individual. Yep. Yeah. So get armor. Make sure it works for you, and and you know, not somebody else. All right. I think that's time to wrap it up. Thank you for listening. If you guys want to uh, learn more, we have a body armor seminar where you get to come and ask questions. Like Flynn said, try stuff on. Um, That's one of the reasons why we do it. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Let me tell you something, Grimes. You got about 50 pounds of gears it is. You don't need another 12. I don't know about you, but I'm not planning on getting shot in the back running away. Well, I better keep mine in.